It's time for Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. For the next three hours, it's high school basketball from across the Mountain State. Live from Marshall University, here's your host, Ryan Epling. Good evening, straight up, 9 o'clock here in Huntington. And no, I am not Ryan Epling. So unfortunately, (laughs) two weeks in a row, Mr. Epling is uh, MIA, a little under the weather. So uh, Ryan, if you're listening to us this evening, we hope you're feeling better because uh, from my understanding... He's pretty much at the Jack. rock bottom uh, on the field bad list. You know, Joe, so. as they say in some parts of West Virginia, the boy's puny. <laughs> <laughs> and he's, he's been puny the last counting today, the last two weeks. So uh, so he's been uh, he's, he's on the injured list, put yep. it that way. Uh, absolutely. But anyway, uh, we got a, a full show lined up for you. So as we say, it's the fastest three hours in basketball. Of course, Bill, good to have you back with us, Bill Cornwell. Thank, thank you. I've been kind of... In and out myself, the doing duties and with the high school games and things. So good to be back, and uh, we're we're going to be talking a lot to some coaches tonight uh, uh, who necessarily didn't have games because, of course, the weather uh, between the cold and the snow hit state pretty good uh, today and this week, and uh, had a lot of games that are being moved maybe tomorrow, Monday. Some even cancel, and of course we'll go through that when we do the, the scores. Absolutely, and and a new uh, co-host with us tonight, Brian Sexton. Brian has called into the uh, show a few times, reporting on uh, Calvary basketball, uh, Calvary Baptist Academy basketball, yep. and yep. and some of the uh, WV Cat uh, games, but. Welcome to Basketball Friday Night, Brian. Hey, Joe, it's good to be here. My old buddy, Bill Cornwell. Hey, I want to tell you, who'd have thought polar vortex would become a four-letter word in the state of West Virginia? <laughs> well, really? well, it was, it was vortex, and then well, this uh, snow was part of a clipper. Was, uh, I'm tired of uh, <laughs> weather events have names like that. So, just... See, the clippers go and mess up basketball again. <laughs> yeah. the cl- oh, <laughs> no pun well, well, intended. Yeah. Well, Brian, Brian and I are old friends, yeah, as absolutely. Brian mentioned, and... Uh, We've, we've uh, worked uh, high school games, football, and basketball yep. on and off for years, so it's good to have Brian with us. And I'm caught in the middle. You're caught in the middle. <laughs> so, but we'll get through this three hey, hours. Hey, 10,000 comedians out of work. i got to throw out. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> anyway, we, uh, we've we got a, a full-packed show lined up for you. We're going to be talking to uh, some of the uh, coaches and athletic directors and some of the folks that work behind the scenes uh, from the WVCAT tonight. Yep. And I look forward to that because some of these guys have not been on the show before, and, and, and we'll introduce them to high school basketball yeah, across right. the state of West Virginia. And, Bill, the weather, man, I'm telling you what, uh, down I know uh, – Fred said down around uh, Tulsa, down the southern end of Wayne County, had no snow. But then you go to the opposite end, the northern part of the state, and they had several inches of snow. Uh, I know Marshall University even had to cancel classes today. And, you know, a big difference between, you know, say the southwestern uh, part of the state and the northern part of the state. Uh, yeah, the, it was really, uh, really bad. Of course, it was really bad yesterday. They actually didn't start classes on the Marshall campus till 11 a.m. because of the the cold, yeah. you know, the yeah. temperatures and things. And I know uh, WVU was the same situation in Morgantown. They had uh, uh, delays or cancellations because of that. And today it, it was a kind of a surprising snow here, but the roads are clear in Huntington. They've done a good job getting them cleared, and uh, 
we had no problem getting here this I evening. I know even back toward Charleston, some of the parking lots were a little slushy where cars park, you know, normally where the, the cars drove, you know, were, mm-hmm. uh, had built up enough heat to melt off. And, and there was a few slushy places on the, on the four lane coming down. But for the most part, Department of Highways have done a great job. Kudos to them. Exactly. Yeah. You know, exactly. Guys, you know it's bad in Morgantown when WVU students, it's too cold to burn things. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, I know I, I don't know if you've seen yeah. this, but go out and search it. They actually brought the riot squad in because I guess all the students got out sleigh riding and were yeah. blocking roads, and yeah. it got a little hairy in Morgantown this well, afternoon, to say the know, least. I you can know. imagine uh, University uh, <laughs> Avenue, uh, that was probably a good sledding area, my experience with it. <laughs> well, you're here for scores, and that's what we're going to do right now. The Marshall University Sports Journalism BasketballNight.com scoreboard. Bill? Take a look at the boys' scores for us. Well, as we mentioned, it is a bit of a, an abbreviated scoreboard. We'll let you know what we got. We do have a final. Hedgesville and uh, Greenbrier East uh, played tonight, and Hedgesville gets the win by a score of 42-32. Cameron and Shadyside were to have played, and uh, that has been canceled. Uh, another game that has we have a new date on, Pendleton uh, County and Moorfield. That one has been postponed until February 16th. Uh, final here, Woodrow Wilson still playing well. They whipped up on Hampshire County, 97-45. Uh, another uh, postponement, Webster County, Braxton County. They will play Monday night. Another postponement, no date given here, Jefferson County and Musselman. Now postponed until tomorrow, uh, Midland Trail, Gilmer County. Another final, St. Albans beats Nitro. Uh, the Battle of the Bridge as they like to say. St. Albans beat Nitro 77-61. Uh, another game uh, that's been postponed till Thursday. Uh, kind of a big game in double-A. That's Oak Hill and Bluefield. They were to have played tonight. Also moved to February 16th, Lincoln County and Ripley. Nice battle there between a couple of teams, one triple-A and one double-A. We have a fourth quarter score. Mingo Central is leading Wayne by a score of 54-49. Here's the final. Winfield. Beats Herbert Hoover, 45-44. And, of course, a game we're going to talk quite a bit about. Final last night, uh, big game down at Chapmanville Regional High School. Chapmanville Tigers beat the Logan Wildcats, 51-47. And I'll take the girls over on the girls' scores uh, board side. We only have one score. Only 24 uh, games were on tap for tonight. But the Logan Wildcats knocked off the Lincoln County Panthers by a score of 59-45. Uh, some of those games that we know for sure that has been canceled, uh, Petersburg, at, Petersburg at Berkeley Springs, that game uh, will be made up, but a date has not been set. It looks like uh, up north, North Mary and uh, Huskies and Fairmont, I mean, they're next-door neighbors, and they postponed yeah. till uh, February the 11th. It was, Lincoln was supposed to go to Grafton. That game was per, uh, postponed till February the 12th, and a game that has moved to tomorrow. Uh, local flavor here in the Valley, Hurricane Redskins will take on the Huntington Highlanders uh, tomorrow. So that's a look at our Marshall University Sports Journalism BasketballNight.com scoreboard. And let's go right to the phone lines. And joining us now is the uh, voice of WVOW Radio and had the call of that game last night, Chris Kidd. And Chris, man, it was a wild atmosphere in Chapmanville last night. Yeah, there's one or two people that showed up for the yeah. game. <laughs> yeah. You had a seat, and I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
You know, I, I think we did the worst detriment ever to getting out of school again in Logan County because I think we proved last night that no matter the conditions, people will make it out if they have to to show up for something. <laughs> exactly. And I think they started selling tickets at, uh, what, 1 o'clock, and by one twenty, most schools had sold out. Yeah, it was incredible. I, I was at the school early yesterday morning just, you know, attempting to work out, I'll put it that way, and, uh, you know, people rushed in, and it, it, they were sold out within half an hour. I mean, it was an incredible thing to watch, and people were lined up outside at about 4 o'clock and even a little bit sooner just waiting for the gym to open at 4.30 p.m., and just a, another testament to how important basketball is in this area, but how much people enjoy basketball in this area, and they were treated to two really good games. The JD game was close, and the varsity game uh, lived up to every last bit of its billing last night, and just an incredible start to what everyone in this area is hoping going to be three if not four meetings between these two this year of course chris as you guys called the game uh, i know obviously it was exciting it was close but uh, i know even as you call the game and uh, the coaches um, they have to remind their kids and hopefully their kids have some perspective on this this is just one game i mean you're going to play them again the regular season you know you're going to face each other in the postseason you know you, you can't get really uh, overdone on one game yeah, and I think Zach Green, the coach of Logan, and even Brad Knapper, the coach of Chapmanville, they both kind of alluded to the fact that they weren't going to show their hand completely in this ball game. But I think you did see a lot of the remnants of what's going to be key whenever they meet each other, and whether it be a sectional final or maybe even a state tournament game later on this year. I mean, very physical defense trying to take away the top scores, uh, but that really wasn't doing in uh, most of the second half last night. I mean, you saw David Early still get free for his 24 points. Obina and Chile kill him. He had 19. 13 of those points came in the third quarter last night. Him and Early just started to trade basket for basket in the third quarter and really pushed that game to another level. I mean, Logan got out to the quick start last night, led early. Then Chapmanville took the lead early in the second quarter and never relinquished it the rest of the game. But Logan stayed within six the whole game. That game never saw a lead above six points last night, guys. I mean, that's how even these two teams were and how tight this contest was. And I think if you're Logan, maybe you take a little bit more away from that game than Chapmanville might have. And, again, I may be wrong about that, but I think Logan came in there. They lost five in a row to Chapmanville over the last two years. Chapmanville handled them quite easily in some of those contests and for Logan to see that they could hang right there with Chapmanville take them right down to the buzzer and have a chance to win that game I'm thinking that will do a little bit more for Logan's confidence now neither team shot particularly well last night I think the nerves were a big part of that but if you're Chapmanville on the other side of it you look at that and say hey we didn't play our best game and we still found a way to win so I think there's positives on both ends that they were able to come out with last night Hey, Chris, Brian Sexton, you guys had a big-time atmosphere, as you mentioned. The game was, was sold out. Uh, and and, and i got to ask you from this perspective, did you see anything from the part of both teams where uh, you mentioned nerves, but, but how did you think they, that both teams handled the big-time atmosphere, the big-time pressure of it? Because, again, this is a rivalry game. These schools are 10 minutes apart. Um, you know, they don't like each other down there. <laughs> how, how, how do you think both teams – handled the atmosphere last night i thought they both did really well with it for the most part i mean i know at the end there you saw 
Uh, both sides struggle to make free throws. You know, Andrew Scholl and Devin Collins, who are very reliable free throw shooters for Chapmanville, missed front ends one and ones. David Early missed one of two down the stretch from that. Logan had a chance to cut it to one. So, obviously, there was some nervousness. But I thought that both teams still played very competitively, very tough. Uh, maybe shooting and adrenaline maybe played a little bit into that, which caused both teams to shoot such a poor percentage. But you got to remember, these are two extremely well defensive coach teams. Again, Logan giving up just 49 points per game this season, Chapmanville at 53.1 points per game. And you're talking about the fact that they played against really tough AAA competition, competition from outside the state. So I think that that obviously played a part in it too. And, the fact that they were able to still compete at a high level in front of that type of an atmosphere, really a state tournament type atmosphere, I think speaks well for both going forward. And I think that'll do a lot for them where they get in front of big atmospheres come sectional, regional, and possibly state tournament time. Hey, Chris, real quick, our phone lines are stacking up already. But you're, in your perspective, what was the difference in the game last night? Again, on the defensive side for Chapmanville, again, I think it was Obina Anichilli killing. Uh, I, I'm going to have to go back and look and see exactly how many blocks he had in that game. But I counted on three separate occasions where Logan had a clear lane to the basket. It looked like they had a layup set to go. And then Obina just came flying out of nowhere. And he tells me, because I, I teach at Chapmanville and he's in one of my classes, and he tell, told me he times that up on purpose. He'll purposely bait people into getting towards the rim because he knows how to time his jump and time that block. And there were times where Hatfield had a lane, Lambert had a lane, and a couple others, and he was able to just come in and swap the ball away. And I think that really took a little bit away from Logan's momentum trying to attack on the inside. And you saw Logan start to settle for more outside shots, and they just weren't able to convert. But on the other hand, for Chapmanville, I think there were times where they struggled with some of the quickness of Logan at guard and even some of the bigness of some of their guards, like with Early and company, because Chapman guards had struggle, had a struggle getting going. I mean, Andrew Scholl had a nice game with 12 points, hit some great mid-range shots. But without Obina in that game, I'm not sure if Chapmanville's able to sustain uh, Logan's charge there because the guard play from Chapman, you didn't see as much production in some of those, uh, in some of those offensive sets. But at the same time, Chapmanville's guards did an equally great job of shutting down Logan's guards because Drew Hatfield only had six points and nobody else other than Peter No got into double figures for Logan. So I think that just speaks to how close these two teams are. And a lot of people weren't sure how evenly matched they would be coming into this game. I think coming out of that, everybody now looks at it and says, wow, either one of these teams could come out with a victory. And next Friday night at Logan, we may see a different result, but I think we're going to see the same intensity out of both these teams. Chris Kidd, WVOW, you are exactly right. I think uh, they play again next Friday night, and I think you're going to see the same atmosphere, and, and, you know, and I think you're going to see a good tight ball game. Uh, Chris, thank you very much. We'll talk to you again next Friday night. No, thank you, guys. I appreciate it. You guys have a good show. All right. Thanks, sir. Chris Kidd, WVOW, and Logan. We'll go right back to the phone lines. A guy that's been uh, covering a lot of basketball this week, and we'll get a report from him now. And, Dave, hopefully you can get back in with us a little later. But uh, talk a little bit about what we've had so far down at the uh, Big Atlantic Classic there in Beckley. Well, uh, guys, thanks for having me on. Obviously, there might be one of the few places I, I guess there was basketball. There were, I guess, a few other handball games out there. But uh, handball games in the Armory today, Summers County girls played in the Consolation game, started at 2 o'clock, lost to Spring Valley in that game. And we had three boys games, uh, 
pretty good game between Princeton and South Charleston. Princeton with a 63-60 win. Interesting enough, now Princeton will get to play Woodrow, something they can't do in the regular season because of the moratorium, the uh, the Mountain East Conference, uh, Mountain South, (laughs) MSAC, you know what I'm talking about, Mount State Athletic Conference. They have a moratorium because Princeton left the conference. So that does not supersede the uh, Big Atlantic. So Princeton winning its way into a rematch with Woodrow Wilson. Tonight, Woodrow, and this game just ended about an hour ago, Woodrow beats Hampshire 97-45. to And get these stats. All 11 Woodrow Wilson players played, all played double figures minutes, all scored at least four points. So uh, it wasn't just a situation where they ran it up. They actually did play everybody. Ron Kidd played everybody on his bench. They played, I think everyone played in the first half as they easily handled Hampshire. So they'll play in the championship game. Uh, one of the interesting, there were a couple upsets early in the week. I'll get to those as well. Valley, uh, Greyhounds in their last year of existence, beat a ranked number four Greenbrier West team in the championship game, the single-way bracket, uh, night after they, this was earlier in the week, they beat Van in the first round, beat Greenbrier West, and uh, won that championship on a tip-in at the buzzer. Actually, the tip-in was against Van to get to the championship game. Jimmy Harbour t- uh, tipped in a, a miss at the buzzer to win. They went on to beat Greenbrier West, a big win for the house. In their last year uh, as a school, uh, they're all closing because of the Fed County Consolidation. Also that night, Fayetteville won the consolation game. Both schools that are closing got a chance to play in one last big Atlantic Classic, both uh, with wins on Tuesday night. Also Wednesday, Wyoming East with a big victory over number 5 Oak Hill in the double-A bracket, 63-43. I think everyone knew Wyoming East could beat Oak Hill. The last three meetings were decided by just six total points. I don't think anybody saw a 20-point uh, De- uh, win by Wyoming. That's exactly what happened. McQuaid Canada was 22 in that game. Oak Hill did not shoot the ball particularly well. One of the uh, one of the negatives against Oak Hill was their lack of outside shooting. Well, they kind of put that to bed. The next day, when they beat James Monroe, Oak Hill did in Constellation game with nine three pointers, and that uh, it, it had been one of the uh, Achilles' heels for uh, the Red Devils, ranked five in the biggest double A poll. But Wyoming. Uh, tough schedule paying off for it. All right, Dave Morrison uh, down at the Big Atlantic Classic. Dave, if you could give us a call back uh, a little later tonight, we'll get you on and we'll talk about some more of the action from the Big Atlantic Classic there in Beckley. All right, guys, I appreciate it. All right, Super Dave Morrison uh, reporting uh, tonight from uh, the Beckley Raleigh County Convention Center Armory, whatever they call yeah. it. Lot, people, people that have lived there a long time still call it the Armory. The Armory, that's right. Exactly. So, anyway, we're up against a break. Our first break here on Basketball Friday Night uh, on deck. We've got Dave Spencer, Eric Little, and Bill Nestor. So, all coming up next here on Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Here on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. For scores online, all of them in West Virginia, visit basketballnight.com. Does showing up for work at a ballpark or an arena sound good to you? A Marshall University sports journalism degree can get you there. Sports journalism at Marshall is serious and it's big business. Sports media and communications careers are some of the most competitive and marketable in the world. We'll prepare you to think critically, report accurately, and artfully tell the stories on and off the field or court. 
If this sounds like you, the Marshall School of Journalism is ready and eager to start your journey. Learn more at marshall.edu slash SOJMC. Welcome to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Thanks for joining us. And a big shout out to some of our newest Twitter followers, including Janet Kelly, Rigel, Shelby McDaniels, David Stout, M, and Jonathan Bailey. Of course, we're streaming video live from the studios at Marshall University. You can visit BasketballNight.com for video, audio, and the Basketball Friday Night scoreboard. Watch our live, high-definition video stream by going to BasketballNight.com. All it takes is just one click to watch. We're also on Facebook. You can find us at Basketball Night WV on Facebook. And we're on Periscope. Go to Twitter at Hoops underscore Roundup at Hoops underscore Roundup. And we're on Periscope. Call the show tonight. We want to hear from you. Toll free 855-784-6677. 855-784-6677. Give us an update on your team's game. You can tweet, text, email, or give us a call. Find out by going to basketballnight.com. Special thanks again to all of our affiliates carrying the show tonight. high school basketball around the mountain state you're listening to basketball friday night in west virginia on the fast break sports network now back to your hosts bill cornwell joe linville and ryan epling back on basketball friday night night nine twenty one here in the state of west virginia the uh call uh, log is backed up and real quick i'm going to jump right in here and bring in bill nestor from wpdx in clarksburg he covers the robert c bird and uh bill first of all must ask you how is the weather in the clarksburg region tonight joe it's been terrible we had a ton of a ton of snow here uh today in the last couple of days prior to that the temperature's so cold we haven't seen any kind of activity games played since uh, since Wednesday, so it's been a wash for the rest of the week. So it's been kind of a frustrating time here this week. There were a lot of matchups that a lot of teams in the area were looking forward to, but uh, no school, no play. That's what we do in Harrison County, and a lot of the counties around here buy by that same policy. So didn't have a chance to go to hardwood in the last few days. So that just means teams will be chomping at the bit here at the start of next week. What's uh, Robert C. Bird looking like uh, before they got this unexpected break? I know they they started out pretty hot, and uh, we haven't talked to you in a couple of weeks. So give us an update. Real quickly, uh, Robert C. Bird in the midst of a six-game win streak, and they've done it mainly defensively. In the last four games combined, the Flying Eagles giving up just 43 points per contest. So they're doing a good job of, of – of, uh, pressuring teams defensively, getting turnovers and, and translating those into fast-break baskets. It's given them a lot of confidence. They started out this win streak against Crosstown rival Bridgeport. They've had some nice wins in between, uh, but they'll be uh, looking at some tough games coming up, Joe. As a matter of fact, on Monday, heading to Polar Bear Territory to do battle, and they've got uh, Frankfurt on Wednesday in a little general shootout. So a couple big uh, lockups coming up next week. Of course, a couple weeks ago, uh, uh Fairmont Senior had a bit of a stumble. Uh, that's got to give a, little, give a little bit of hope to those double, other double-A teams up there <clears throat> as far as uh, thinking, you know, that it's not like an impossible deal to uh, compete with and even beat the Fairmont Senior. It's getting right competitive up there in those double-A teams. 
That's a great point. As a matter of fact, uh, Robert Seaberg and Fairmont Senior locked up uh, a few weeks back, and uh, that was Robert Seaberg's last loss, or second to last loss, excuse me. And in that game, Bird was down uh, five points midway through the fourth quarter with a basketball, uh, lost to, to Fairmont Senior, but in the second half outscored the Polar Bears by one point. So a lot of positive things happened later in that game, giving us some confidence heading into the lockup uh, in Fairmont on Monday. Okay, Bill Nestor, uh, thanks for the report. And uh, I hope the weather gets a little better up that way. You and I were kind of chatting back and forth tomorrow, uh, you know, hoping the I-79 is in a little better shape. Yeah. Yeah, I hope so. I hope you have a safe trip up. I was hoping to get a chance to see you there. A lot of times we'll catch up, Joe, at the Mountaineer Games. But I've got a doubleheader over at Olson Broadus University tomorrow, so I won't be able to attend. So I do want to wish you safe travels and hope you hope you can bring some luck and maybe a win uh, tomorrow for the Mountaineers. Yeah, they need it, that's for sure. Uh, Bill Nestor, WPDX in Clarksburg. Uh, we'll talk to you again next week. Guys, thanks for having me on. Have a great rest of the show and a great weekend as well. All right, thank you very much. And let's go right, uh, right back to the phone lines. And we are going to be bringing in Dave Spencer. He's the head coach of the Calvary Baptist Academy. And, uh, Brian, you probably know this guy. Yeah, we uh, we uh, it, I, what I love about Coach Spencer is is uh, he's he's the calmest guy I've ever seen on the sidelines. He you know we could be in the midst of a high stress situation, and he and I look over at each other, and I'll, I'll I'll let him know what our foul situation is, what our turnover situation is. He's just always calm, cool, and collected. Hey, Coach, good to good to have you on tonight. How are you? I'm doing well. How you guys doing? Hey, we're doing, doing well. Great. You know we we've uh, we've talked all year, and and something that that uh, Bill and Joe and I were talking before the show about was our schedule this year at Calvary Baptist. We've we've kind of stepped out of our comfort zone a little bit. Talk about kind of some goals that that you and our athletic director Donald Polly had in mind when we put our schedule together. Because tomorrow we go to Cabell Midland and play the Knights, a Triple A school, and and we've had Ripley, who's a Double A school that we've had on our schedule, and some other public schools on the schedule but but talk about what what you think the impact's been on on the season year this year with scheduling uh well it's always good to be able to branch out and play some different schools uh, that we don't normally get to play against um we've played uh tulsa point pleasant a couple times hannon a couple times st joe's ripley greater beckley uh sheldon clark out of kentucky uh Campbell midland tomorrow of course so uh, we're we're kind of stepping out and playing some uh, bigger schools than ourselves, uh, but that you know, whenever you're playing better schools, better competition, it just makes you get better. Makes the guys see that uh, hey, there's some really good players out there, and it, it puts in them a motivation. I think to get better over the season. Uh, so I think it's just a good thing for us to continue to play uh, some tough games for us this year. Hey, coach, uh, how tough is it for a a, a private school like that you guys have, uh, you know, in a, as far as classification, how tough is it to, to schedule a game with one of the uh, WVSSAC schools? Um, I, I don't really do any of the scheduling. That'd be our AD. Uh, a lot of the times, you know, every once in a while, we'll say uh, schools will, you know, be full or whatever because they can only play twenty-two games, and a lot of them are in conference or they're trying to play schools that they'll probably see. Uh, but for the most part, if we call early, um, teams are pretty accommodating, uh, as long as they know that we're going to be competitive, and we have been for the past few years. And um, I think it was actually Cabell Midland that uh, approached us uh, over the summer um, and tried to get a game in. So, you know, uh, as long as we continue to win, 
Um, then I think we'll be approached, you know, even more by some other schools. I know we got Greater Beckley coming to our gym next year. Uh, we did kind of a home and home with them over the past couple of years. So uh, as long as we stay competitive and win ball games, uh, you know, I don't think it's. Uh, I think teams are happy to come in and play us, um, and we're happy when they uh, invite us to play them. Coach Bill Cornwell here. Uh, uh, of course, Brian keeps us very up to date about your your ball club, and we. We hear from other ball clubs involved with WV Cat, and it seems like uh, as the years go by, that the the quality of the talent, quality of the games, just keeps going higher and higher in WV Cat. You know, when when a lot of these uh, schools started playing, you'd see these very low scores and uh, not not a lot of uh, quality. Uh, but you're seeing quality. You're seeing really competitive games now. Uh, yeah, I mean it's it's up and down uh, within uh, our our conference play. Uh, you know, many years will come. You know, all the teams will kind of go down a little bit, but then we'll have some good years, and it's been pretty good. It's been really competitive uh, over the past three or four years uh, with our team and with some other teams uh, in the WVCAT. And uh, I think you know um, other schools in the area are starting to see that and are starting to get us on their schedule and. Um, I think uh, they enjoy coming to our schools and playing in, you know, a di- different atmosphere and a different venue or whatever. And I, I believe they enjoy having us come there because I-, I think that we try to uh, respect, you know, our opponents uh, as much as we can and try to bring a Christ-like attitude uh, to the game as much as we can. And I, I think teams uh, appreciate uh, how we play, um, and and we appreciate uh, getting the opportunity to do these games. Yeah, Coach, I've told these guys for weeks now, We've, I think that Calvary has the best guard in the state of West Virginia that nobody knows about in Isaac Massey, averaging about 22 points a game. And then our big center, Robert Clutter, 6'5", junior. Uh, talk about, because Isaac and, and Rob and Roger, uh, his twin brother, and, of course, my son came over, and, and the influx of talent. The last several years, you, you've really incorporated talent that has come to Calvary from other schools as well. Talk about the impact that some of those kids that have made that have come from other schools into Calvary. Uh, yeah, a couple years ago we had some uh, kids that come over from, uh, some of them from Hurricane High, um, and, you know, they just, they approached us and they wanted to check us out, and it just some pieces fell together from different, some, just from different places, and we had some development within our own school. Um, and it worked out really well for us, and a couple of those kids uh, got looked at to play at the next level and actually did play at the next level. Um, and then I was actually asking Isaac, you know, one of our guards that is actually a really good player, a really good shooter. Um, I mean, he can he can stroke it from three. Uh, I shot with him a lot over the summer, and if we shoot 100 threes, he's going to make 80-plus. Um, and, and that's, you know, I mean, there's no big guard, and I get that, but still that's a high percentage, and he's probably shooting 40-plus. Uh, from the three-point line this year, so he can he can stroke it. And I asked him, I was like Isaac, you know what? What? Why do you want to come here? Because he transferred in his junior year, and he said, well, you know, I liked some of the players that you had here the previous few years, and uh, just being able to follow up what they're doing, um, you know. So if other players see this in the area or wherever, and they like, hey, I like what's going on over there. I want to go over there and play, and kind of follow in their footsteps. Um, that's kind of what's happened over the past two or three years. Um, I think if you have a winning culture, people, they just want to be a part of that. And uh, so we've had, you know, we've just had some good kids, and they're just good kids too, not just good players, but they're actually good kids coming to our school, and it's uh, kind of helped uh, the school out as a whole. 
All right, Dave Spencer, the head coach of the Calvary Baptist uh, Academy Patriots. Thanks for joining us t- tonight. We look forward to talking to you uh, again later in the season. Hey, I'll see you in about 16 oh. hours with the dry erase marker, okay? <laughs> All right. Hey, thanks for having me on, guys. You All guys right. have a good night. All right. Thank you very coach. much, Dave uh, Spencer, head coach uh, of the Calvary Baptist uh, Patriots. And he probably didn't know this, but uh, coming up immediately after the break, the head coach of the Midland uh, Cabell Midland Boys, Rick Chapin. Much more to come as we head into break number two here on Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia here on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. If you love basketball, then there's only one place to be on Friday nights after the game. It's Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. R.J. Klein, Sherman Tide, Jesse Muncy, Tulsa Rebels, Anna Hamilton, Nicholas County Grizzlies, Jordan Kish, Chapmanville Tigers, Madison Blankenship, Riverview Raiders, Marley Weinschitz, Fairmont Senior Polar Bears, and tonight you'll meet someone from the Montcom Generals. What they have in common is they were selected by Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia as the standout athlete of the week. Have someone remarkable on your team? Did you have an athlete make an outstanding play? You can nominate your team's players to become the Basketball Friday Night Standout Athlete of the Week. Each week, we consider nominees based on leadership, performance on the court, academic performance involvement in the community, and volunteer work. Every Friday night, we select the Standout Athlete of the Week. Head over to our website, basketballnight.com. Click on the Standout Athlete of the Week tab, fill out the nomination form, and we'll take it from there. We want you to nominate your team's athletes. Check it out at basketballnight.com. Hey, and we want you to become part of the Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia family, too. Follow us on Twitter at hoops underscore roundup, at hoops underscore roundup. And you can join... The Hampshire Trojans boys basketball team on Twitter with us. West Virginia Coaches Association, John W. Kelly, Hannah Blankenship, Titan Select. Thank you for becoming part of Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. date on your favorite teams check out basketballnight.com now back to basketball friday night in west virginia with bill cornwell joe linville and ryan epling 934 across the state of west virginia joe linville bill cornwell brian sexton joining us tonight unfortunately ryan epling a little under the weather and uh, we wish uh, send our well wishes to him and hope he's feeling better real soon but we know you're here for scores so let's take a look at the marshall university sports journalism basketballnight.com scoreboard and first up we'll take a look at the boys brian Give us some scores. I'm sorry, on the girls' side, give us some scores. Well, on the girls' side, out toward my way, the Lincoln County Panthers went down to the Logan Wildcats tonight, 59-47. It's a final. Some cancellations tonight, Joe. Petersburg and Berkeley Springs postponed a makeup date to be determined. Uh, Also, North Marion and Fairmont Seniors, we talked to Dave Morrison, some bad weather up there. 
in the uh, in the northern part of the state. That's postponed until February 12th. Also, the Lincoln Cougars and the Grafton Bearcats postponed until February 12th. A game that will be played tomorrow, as Bill mentioned uh, in our last break, uh, Huntington High and Hurricane. The, the Redskins will be going to the Highlanders tomorrow for a girls game. A final tonight in Sissonville. Scott, 86-62 over the Indians of Sissonville. And, uh, Joe, that's all I have for scores. Over to you for the boys. All right, Bill. Over to Bill. Well, well first off, we'll give you the finals we do have or, another, or partial scores. Then we'll go through the postponement and the uh, reschedule list. Uh, one finals, uh, Princeton beat South Charleston in the uh, Big Atlantic uh, Classic, 63-60. to Another one from that tournament, Greenbrier East, falling to Hedgesville, 42-32. to Woodrow Wilson takes care of Hampshire, uh, also in the Big Atlantic Tournament, 97-45. St. Albans and Nitro battle the bridge. Uh, Nitro falls to St. Albans, 77-61. Sissonville uh, falls to the Scott Skyhawks. Uh, Big win for the Skyhawks, 86-62. Fourth quarter score, Mingo Central over Wayne, 54-49. Winfield beats Herbert Hoover, 45-44. Narrow win there. It was the University Hawks over a Buckan and Upshur, 56 to actually that's a halftime score. And this was a, a whopper, 56 to 14. University Ooh. leading Buckan and Upshur. And uh, of course, big final last night. We talked about it already. We'll talk a bit more about it later. Chapmanville beating Logan 51-47. Now looking at the uh, postponement list, of course, a lot to uh, take care of because of the weather. Shady Side and Cameron were played to a play tonight has been canceled. No makeup date. As far as uh, Postponed till February 16th, Moorfield and Pendleton County. Postponed till next Monday, Webster County and Braxton. Also postponed, Midland Trail and Gilbert County. Postponed till tomorrow is uh, Musselman and Jefferson. Postponed till next Thursday is Bluefield and Oak Hill. That would have been a big-time showdown in Class AA. Also postponed to February 16th, uh, Lincoln County and Ripley. And that's a look at our Marshall University Sports Journalism BasketballNight.com scoreboard. Uh, I know on the, the one score you gave, the, the Scott Sissonville, that's actually a boys' game, and that got put over on the girls' side. So that's not Brian's fault. But that's uh, senior night down in Madison tonight. Mm-hmm. They've only got one more uh, home game. Well, actually, they're doing a home game tomorrow night. Uh, it's kind of a, a pickup game, I think, uh, against uh, Heritage Christian. Yep. And then, uh, actually, they were supposed to play – Man, man dropped a game because they scheduled too many. Then they picked up uh, South Charleston, and for some reason, South Charleston backed out this week. So this game was just put together like uh, within the last twenty-four hours. You look at tomorrow the, night. You look at the schedules. Uh, you, you at least uh, on the SSAC side, you go to the website, <laughs> they're and there, 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 there are there are fewer and fewer games regular season left. Oh, yeah. A lot of folks are, are uh, not necessarily backloading their schedules. They're they're trying to give themselves. A little time to practice and maybe just to rest up before they get into postseason. So there's a lot of folks, they're down to the last four or five regular season games now. Yeah, and, right. even, and over on the girls' side, it's yeah. even tighter than that. Right? Well, and guys, you know, last year we were able to pick up a couple games. We picked up a game with Mann at, at Calvary. Mann came to Calvary Baptist and played. And then we picked up a game where we went to Buffalo uh, in Putnam County because of the teacher strike, you know, they, they mm-hmm. wanted to get some games in and things like that. And so, uh, and Heritage Christian's a new program of Rumpin' Ravenswood with head coach Justin Dempsey up there from Mountain Mission. We, that we knew, uh, several years ago, but, 
again, when you've got a school like that that's looking for a game, it's a nice fit sometimes to get a school like a Calvary Baptist or a Taze Valley or a Heritage Christian to, to come in and play. All right, let's go back to the phone lines. Uh, and joining us now is the head coach of the Cabell Midland Knights, uh, Coach Rick Chafin. And, Coach, good evening. Welcome to Basketball Friday Night. Hey, thanks for having me on. Yeah, hey, uh, it sounds like you got a pretty exciting game there. Of course, we had the uh, your opponent for tomorrow on just a few minutes ago, and I'm sure you heard that interview. Uh, you guys uh, ready to take on uh, Calvary Baptist? Yeah, we just came off, you know, the you know the, the close, very very close game last night with Spring Valley, and you know you got to come back and play Calvary, and you know maybe some people not real familiar, you know, with Calvary, but we certainly are. They're uh, you know, they have a really good team. You know, they've won several games. I know they got a great uh, guard in the Massey kid. And they have actually they have another kid that shoots basketball just as well. And then they have a you know a big six five kid inside. So you know we'll have our hands full tomorrow. We went through Murder's Row there seven <laughs> SAC games in a row, and in a little over two weeks. And uh, you know it's tough. You know going in there, then you got to come back and play a game Saturday, and then we got Huntington on Monday. So you know it doesn't get any easier. Rick, let's talk about last night's game. You improved to ten and four and seven and three in the MSAC with a hard fought win out at Spring Valley. And uh, we were talking earlier about the the atmosphere at the uh, Logan Chapmanville regional game last night. Crowd may not have been as uh, large, but uh, the atmosphere at the rivalry is no less intense between Spring Valley and Cabell Midland. And I know that's got to be a lot of fun to be a part of. Right. It kind of reminded me of, you know, like the old, you know, C.K. Vincent games or Huntington East, you know, these rivalry games, you know, and uh, uh, I've been to Spring Valley games and, you know, the, you know, they certainly did not have as many people as they did last night. Now, you know, in our games at Midland, we certainly do not have as many people come to the games as there, there were last night. You know, it was a great atmosphere. Uh, you know, both teams played hard, and, you know, we were just, you know, lucky enough to come out with the win. Hey, Coach Brian Sexton, I'm looking forward to, to meeting you tomorrow when when uh, our Calvary Baptist Academy uh, Patriots comes to the, the castle and takes on the night. I'm looking at your schedule, and, and what what impresses me is you guys have, have really gone outside the box. You, 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 had, you opened up with Grace Christian. Uh, of course, taking on Calvary tomorrow, home and home with South Point this year, Raceland on your schedule. That's really outside the box scheduling. We talked to Coach David Spencer about that with Calvary. Uh, what was your goal in mind when, when you guys put that schedule together of, of scheduling teams outside of you know going across the river and playing South Point, going across the river and playing Raceland, playing Calvary and Grace? Well, we needed games. You know, we were calling around trying to get games in March and April, and we couldn't get anybody to play us. You know, everybody was saying, you know, you're all really going to be good this year. And you know, I kept saying, hey, you know, we're, uh, you know, we, we only won eight games last year. You know, I was actually, you know, I called as far as, you know, schools down in, you know, Fayette County in Kentucky. You know, we were calling, you know, over in Ohio. We went all the way down the river and up toward Columbus and, you know, we called, you know, several schools in West Virginia. We just had a tough time, you know, scheduling games. You know, we were fortunate enough to, uh, you know, to get 22 games. And, you know, one of our kids came from Calvary, and he said, Coach, I think it was this summer, he said, and he played at Calvary and actually one of our best shooters. And uh, he said, you know, why don't you, you know, call them? So, you know, that's kind of how we got together to, you know, to uh, put together a 22-game schedule. 
Coach, talk a little bit about your schedule. You just talked about that murder's row. And, and like you said, you know, you get through the weekend, it doesn't get any easier as the first of the week rolls around. Right. You know, we have Huntington on Monday, and you know, so we really don't have any prep time for Huntington. And then we actually have uh, we have five games in seven days. You know, we have games Saturday. We play again Monday, Wednesday, Friday, Saturday. So, uh, you know, when you get you know your schedule like that, you really don't have time to prep for teams as much as you would like. Uh, you know, one thing that I've always done, you know, throughout my years of coaching, is pride myself on defense and holding the other teams, you know, down. But when you don't have a chance to uh, prepare your team for you know some things that you might see it, it makes it a little bit tougher all right coach rick chafin the head coach of the cabell midland uh the knights uh, coach thanks for joining us here on basketball friday night we look forward to talking to you again before the season's out okay thank you coach thanks we'll see you me. in about 16 hours look forward to it <laughs> All right, thank you. All right, thank you very much, Coach Rick Chafin, uh, head coach of Cabell Midland. And uh, these two guys here beside them, you guys teamed up on them. And uh, anyway, uh, sounds like they've had a really tough schedule this year, Bill. They, they've had a very tough schedule. And he talked about Burgers Row. They had lost uh, three in a row against good opponents, including George Washington, uh, over the last week and, week and a half. And so that was a big win for them to get back to uh, a winning ways. They didn't want to get into a, a slump, but a and uh, just kind of a, of a bad trend as far as losing these games. Uh, give credit to his defense last night because they held uh, the top scorer in the MSAC, uh, C.J. Meredith, who's been averaging like 23, 24 a game. He had 12 last night. And uh, so that's a defensive job that they did. And, uh, and the, the one guy that uh, we, we've talked about him before, uh, their sophomore Chandler Schmidt, uh, he's going to be yeah. one of the best in the state uh, – and he's been putting up some big-time numbers. Again, an amazing sophomore player can really stroke it from outside. Well, and Bill, that's the thing, too, is, is you, build, you build these relationships with other schools. You know, I could see Cabell Midland playing South right. Point again next year. I could see Calvary playing Cabell Midland again next year. You build these relationships, and Coach Chafin was talking about just sourcing games, but yeah. you build relationships that you can schedule for years to come. And, of course, the situation that, that Coach uh, – is talking about is that uh, MSAC, you just don't have all the built-in conference games yeah. anymore because there's no more Ripley, there's no more Lincoln County, there's no more uh, Princeton, there's no more Greenbrier East, and so those games are gone, and uh, so you're having to go out and, and dig up some more games. All right, guys, we got to take a break. Break number three coming up here on Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. On deck, Eric Little from WBVV in Parkersburg, Luke Creasy. Had to call the Wayne, Mingo Central, and much more here on Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. Every Friday night from 9 to midnight, we're the home for high school basketball in the Mountain State. This is Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. High school basketball action in West Virginia is heating up as teams focus on a trip to the state championship in Charleston. Stay up to date with your local team and its progress all season long with Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia for three hours every Friday night from 9 to midnight. Listen online or on great radio stations throughout the Mountain State. You'll hear sports writers, broadcasters, coaches, players, and your calls recapping your team's game. 
Visit BasketballNight.com for more details on how you can become part of the show. Follow us on Twitter at Hoops underscore Roundup, at Hoops underscore Roundup. Thanks to everyone tonight that's called, sent text, tweets, and emails. We appreciate you being part of the show and helping us cover all high school basketball in West Virginia. Join us on the phone tonight. Share your team's game. Call toll-free 855-784-6677. 855-784-6677. Follow us on Twitter at hoops underscore roundup. At hoops underscore roundup. You can text the show. 304-249-4924. 304-249-4924. Go to our website. Check out the scoreboard. Find out how you can connect with the show tonight at basketballnight.com. Our newest followers, Hoppy594, Richard Pancake, Cassie Wright, and Landon Persinger. Thank you for becoming part of the Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia family. This is High School Basketball's home for the Mountain State. Basketball Friday night in West Virginia on the Fast Break Sports Network. Now, back to your hosts, Bill Cornwell, Joe Linville, and Ryan Epling. 948 across the state of West Virginia here on Basketball Friday night. Uh, If you're watching on one of our video feeds, uh, Bill Cornwell and Brian Sexton, great to have you with us tonight. You're uh, you're just sliding right in there. Hey, this is a lot of fun. You make it easy, though. (laughs) Brian, you've almost survived your first hour. You're going to make it, man. Hey, I've got the the jug of tea under the desk, so we. (laughs) All right, guys, we got to keep moving. The call log is uh, stacking up once again, and let's go to a regular on the show, Eric Little from WVVV in Parkersburg. Had the Parkersburg South George Washington Patriot game. Eric, good evening. Hey, good evening. It was a game that made me want to reach for a jug of something under the desk, and it wasn't iced tea. It was a rough night. I should have paused for laughter. It was a rough <laughs> night for Parkersburg South. Uh, they've dropped four of the last five in an 80-60 to 60 loss to George Washington that uh, by 20 points is their largest loss by margin this year, and it wasn't even really that close. It was a two-point George Washington lead after one quarter. Uh, George Washington got out in front 11-2. to two. Parkersburg South got, out, got a timeout, changed their defense, and worked it back to a 16-16 tie and the team's trade of buckets most of the rest of the first quarter. Uh, Seth Fallon hit a full-court heave, by the way, at the end of the first quarter uh, to make it a two-point game after George Washington had gone up by five. But after that, George Washington now scored south 20-4 to in the second quarter, and it just went downhill from there for the Patriots. Uh, I wrote down the number earlier, and, I'm, and forgive me if I'm going off of memory here. I believe it was 57-35 George Washington outscored south uh, in quarters two, three, and four combined. So uh, they were led by the 37-point effort of Bunky Brown. Second straight night, or second straight game of the way, South has allowed somebody to score more than 35 after Willie Park's Keandre King hit 36 against South on Tuesday, but 37 for Bunky Brown. Uh, they did get Mason Pinkett back, George Washington did. He missed several games with an injury. Uh, he didn't start tonight, but uh, Rick Reed worked him back into the rotation. Uh, but without him in the lineup, Funky Brown's really stepped up uh, to lead that team. I think he was averaging 24 points a game going into 
tonight's game, and that's really going to go up with a 37-point effort. Eric, uh, we, we talked a couple weeks ago about uh, Coach Fallon, uh, you know, maybe having uh, some time. Uh, they, they had a little bit of lull in games. Uh, uh, even though they lost tonight, is, is he still pleased with maybe uh, that they're starting to make a little bit of progress after a slow start this season? I think maybe for a while he was, but I think he still largely feels very frustrated with this team and very frustrated that he can't seem to figure things out. Uh, the, the Patriots just hit a wall in that second quarter and never climbed back into it. They got a technical foul assessed to them midway through the quarter, an incorrect number in the scorebook. It's just another one of those goofy things that seems to be happening to the Patriots this year. Uh, and Bunky Brown was able to hit one of the technical free throws and then hit a three on the ensuing possession. And after that, that really seems to be at the point to where George Washington started to build up that lead. So now he's, he's very frustrated, not uh, terribly satisfied. That's not, not a word I would use to describe his uh, feelings for the Patriots right now. Uh, Eric, real quick, uh, what's on tap next for Park South? Uh, South has a trip tomorrow to Logan, Ohio to play the Chieftains. Uh, this is Tonight was the first of uh, five games in eight days. This game tonight was actually postponed from last night. So things don't get easier. It's the Chieftains tomorrow night. And then they've got Capital Monday and um, I want to say Hurricane Wednesday in the uh, Little General Shootout. So we'll be in Charleston uh, two nights next week, and then they're home where you Ripley on Friday. Uh, I, I want to take a, a quick mention. The off-court highlight of the night uh, came before the game, and, and I, I apologize if you're up against the time. Uh, George Washington head coach Rick Green, before the game, presented Parkersburg South head coach Mike Fallon with a donation to Anna's Army. Of course, awesome. Anna Gordon. Uh, heads up Anna's Army. It's a, uh, she suffers from Friedrich's ataxia. And uh, we had Anna's Army night, actually, just Tuesday night. And uh, that was in honor of late Parkersburg South scorekeeper Keith Barker. Um, Mike Fallon, the head coach of the Patriots, had no idea this was coming. There was a moment of silence before the game, and I only got tipped off about it uh, maybe five minutes to airtime when Coach Green came up to me and told me what was going on. It was the George Washington Boys Basketball Alumni Association that came together to make a gift to Anna's Army in honor of Keith Barker. Wow. Uh, and uh, Coach Green presented that to Coach Fallon tonight. And you know, I, I shared some thoughts about Coach Green last week because I followed him on this program. But uh, that just exemplifies what a class act he is and what a class act that program is and all the people are at George Washington. Uh, to understand that uh, the Parkersburg South basketball community uh, suffered a very palpable loss, one that we're all still reeling from and feeling a month out, uh, and, and uh, to do a, a kind gesture like that, uh, that just shows the kind of top-notch people and program uh, that you got there. Absolutely. Uh, that, that is a true meaning of class act. Eric Little, WVVV in Parkersburg, thank you very much. We'll talk to you again next week. Hey, take care. Thanks again, guys. All right. Uh, real quickly, we'll get right back into the phone lines. Luke Creasy. Regular here on Basketball Friday Night. Luke, we got about two and a half minutes. Talk about this Wayne Mingo Central game. Well, it looks like it was going to be a blowout at first here, Joe. Uh, the Pioneers got down by as many as 20 in the first half. Well, they finally got something going offensively in the second half. They hit uh, 10 three-pointers on the night. Uh, nine of those came in the second half. Six off the hand of sophomore Brian Santum. But it wasn't enough to uh, defeat the Miners, who ended a four-game losing skid and won just uh, their second game of the year to the Mingo Central Miners. But uh, 
came down to the wire there toward the end after trailing by as many as 18 in the second half alone. Uh, Wayne was able to fight back and pull within five in the final minutes. But uh, I think Mingo Central hit six of seven from the free throw line down the stretch to, to seal the victory there. Luke, you've been on this side of the microphone. Now you're on the other side. What's the difference? Uh, there, well, there's a lot of difference. Uh, on this end, I have some deadlines that, that I'm running <laughs> up against. But uh, but uh, it's been funny. You two have watched a lot of basketball in Wayne County, of course. Uh, I've been uh, out, out to Tulsa uh, a few times and uh, been hanging out with Coach Marone out there some to watch his girls play. They're having a good year as well as the boys. They had a big win against Tug Valley uh, early on in the week on Tuesday. Jesse Muncy went for 35, the freshman uh, for Tulsa. He's just a, just an incredible player. I'm sure Tug Valley will be tired of seeing him uh, in a few years, but it's fun to be on both sides. We've got about a minute left. And, uh, talk about the Wayne girls just a little bit. They seem like they've struggled here late in the season. Yeah, they have. They uh, got on a little bit of a run there. Winfield got the best of them in, uh, early on in the season. That started the two-game losing streak. And uh, they've uh, kind of relied on, on Lake and Atkins uh, being a main scorer there uh, for the Lady Pioneers, of course. Her sister, Ariel Atkins, playing for the Marshall Thundering Herd now. A big loss there on the offensive side. But they've started to get uh, things going still uh, in a good place there in Region 4. Uh, in class double A, but uh, I, I think this uh, Wayne's got a lot of youth right now um, for the girls, and uh, they're trying to get some uh, some key role players to step up. Uh, some underclassmen, uh, Alana Eves, uh, one of those underclassmen that has the capability to take over if she can. But Lake and Atkins is, is the pure and natural leader on that team, uh, able to score at will when she wants to and when she's able to, but. A lot of times when you have a, a main score like that, it's easy to, to key in on that, and you have to have some of those role players step up. So I think uh, Wayne is aging as the season goes on, but uh, certainly a, a lot of good to come from the Wayne Pioneers. Luke Creasy, Wayne County News. Thank you very much for the report, and, of course, we'll be talking to you throughout the season. Oh, yeah, looking forward to it, Joe. Thanks, guys. All right, thank you very much. Luke Creasy, a regular here on Basketball Friday Night. We're up against the hard break. We'll have more at the top of the hour here on Basketball Friday Night on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. This is high school basketball's voice in the Mountain State. Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Special thanks tonight to all of our affiliates, including our newest station, 1360 AM, 97.1 FM, WHJC and Mate One. You can also listen on 105 KQV, WKQV in Cowan, 105.5 FM and heard in Braxton County on 106.9 FM, 103.7, Jack FM, WQWV and Fisher, the Valley's Watchdog. 1600 AM, WKKX Wheeling, 1370 AM, WVLY Moundsville, Jackson County's home for Southern Gospel, Singing News Radio 92.5 FM, WTHMLP, Ravenswood, Ripley, Knights Radio 91.5 FM, WRSG, Middleburn, Talk Radio WRNR, Martinsburg, 740 AM, 106.5 FM, Classic Hits, 106 WHFI, Linside, 106.7 FM, 95 The Sports Fox, WBES Charleston, 950 AM. The Voice of the Coalfields, 
101.9 FM and 1290 AM WVOW in Logan. Light Rock 93R WRRR St. Mary's 93.9 FM. The Ticket 102.3 FM WMTD in Hinton. The Greatest Oldies of All Time 98.5 FM and 101.5 FM WQAZLP Edmund Beckley. Tuned for You Radio. Yap Radio 101.7 FM WYATLP in Clay. 104.5 FM WASPLV Huntington, 101.1 FM WVWPLP Wayne, 90.7 FM WFGH Fort K, and Marshall University's flagship station, The Cutting Edge, 88.1 FM WMUL in Huntington. A proud supporter of Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia, the Carter G. Woodson Lyceum honors the father of black history and proudly serves as a forum for issues of importance to Marshall University in the tri-state area. Please visit www.marshall.edu slash woodsonlyceum and follow our tweets for major events during February, including a discussion of the significance of the year 1619 on February 7th and the African American Museum in Washington on February 19th. Educators will find information about a summer institute for teachers at www.marshall.edu slash Woodson Lyceum. That's one word, Woodson Lyceum, W-O-O-D-S-O-N-L-Y-C-E-U-M. The Lyceum was founded in 2016 by the Drinko Academy and the School of Journalism and Mass Communications. Welcome back to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. To join tonight's program, call 855-78-HOOPS. That's 855-784-6677. Follow us on Twitter at Hoops underscore Roundup for all the scores all the time. And visit BasketballNight.com for a comprehensive look at schedules and standings for every team in the state. Stay tuned. Another hour of Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia begins right now. One down, two to go in the fastest three hours of high school basketball across the state of West Virginia, Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. I'm Joe Lindwell. Joe Lindwell, if I could say my name, I'd be all right. Uh, with us tonight, uh, Bill Cornwell, Brian Sexton, great to have you on. Uh, before we get to a scoreboard update, I want to go back to the phone lines because uh, I, I didn't want to crowd this guy, so I held him over to the second hour here. And uh, joining us now is the winning uh, head coach in the big matchup we talked about a little earlier last night, Coach Brad Napper of the Chapmanville Regional Tigers. Uh, first of all, Coach, uh, congratulations on the win. Uh, what was the difference, uh, in your opinion? Uh, well, thanks for having me on, guys. Um, I don't know. It was a hard-fought game. Uh, you know, it was a defensive struggle. Both teams, I thought, were were uh, really, really good on defense, and there just there wasn't a lot of open shots out there. And uh, you know, I just we just made I think enough plays uh, at, at the end of the game to, to kind of hold on. You know, we missed two big foul shots. Uh, you know, um, but but we were we our defense held when we had to get a stop. So I think that was probably the biggest biggest twelve seconds of the game were the last twelve seconds, and then we were able to come up with a stop. Coach, uh, you know, there's been a lot of hype on this game. Of course, uh, you guys being the top-ranked team in AA and then Logan sliding up there to number three, uh, you know, probably one of the biggest games between these two schools uh, in a long time. And and I'll tell you what, there was a lot of talent on the floor last night. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I thought both teams really, really played hard and left it all out there. Uh, you know, it was it was a great atmosphere. And just, you know, a, if there was a better high school basketball game in the country last night, I, I would have liked to saw it. Yeah. Because it was just, it was just the whole place was electric, and and you know you could almost feel the the the, the pressure on on both teams and and the intensity in the in the building, and it was just it was just an unreal atmosphere for a high school basketball game. Hey, Coach Brian Sexton, how do you keep in, in a big time game like that again? Sellout crowd, it's your rival. They're ten minutes from you, fifteen minutes from you. You know the 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 atmosphere is electric. How do you keep your kids in check and and keep them from letting their emotions get the best of them in a charged atmosphere like that? Uh, you know, I think we we've got a bunch of juniors and seniors that that's been in those types of games now for for two or three years. So you know, I, we really didn't have to do a whole lot. We treated just like every other game and. And you know we don't put we didn't really put a whole lot of emphasis on the game to be honest with you you know it was it was it was you know I, I thought enough pressure from from the fans and and the kids were putting pressure on themselves so we just kind of as, as our coaching staff just kind of treated it like every other game and and, and tried to just get, get the guys to go out and relax and, and play. Coach, uh, it's kind of funny how the way the schedule works. Uh, it's almost like you've got a. Uh, an NBA series going here because you're going to face these guys down at the Logan at Willie Acres Arena next week, and you know you you can't get too high, you can't get too low. Uh, of course, your case, uh, your guys get to win, but uh, you're going to you know you're, what you're going to face next week. Yeah, you know, it, and it's it's it'll be the same kind of intensity, the same kind of game. I think next time, you know, it's it's uh, uh, you know it's. All both teams know each other so well. Our kids play together in the summers. They play together in the off season. Uh, you know, a lot, a lot of them are friends. Uh, so you know, it's it's a rivalry game that our kids, I think, really like each other and have a ton of respect for each other. And you know, it's it's not one of those rivalries where it gets chippy and guys really don't like each other. It's it's more of just a fun rivalry with it. Where you know, uh, both both teams really really uh, respect each other, like each other. You know, the kids you know actually enjoy playing with each other in the offseason when they're in AAU and things like that. Coach, uh, before that matchup against uh, Logan, once again, I think you've got a matchup against Mingo Central scheduled for tomorrow night. Is that game still on? Yes, yes. And, and talking about the, these two teams, they actually had uh, WVOW and Logan had a special edition of their Hatcher show that we talked about last week. And these guys were actually all together down at uh, the, the local Ford dealership on uh, Wednesday evening, and they all got along mm-hmm. great. You know, there was some looks back and forth that we were all kind of laughing uh, over at the broadcast desk. But, uh, but they do, like you say, Coach, they all get along real well. And they all know each other very well. Yeah, they do. They like I said, there's there's four or five of them, uh, maybe six of them that play on the same AAU team, uh, you know, in the summer and have played together now for three or four years. Uh, you know, they go play open gym with each other. They hang out. They go to the movies together sometimes. So you know, there's a lot of them that are good friends with each other. So you know, they, you know, don't don't get me wrong. They both both teams, I'm sure, wanted to win. They have bragging rights and you know things like that. Give each other a hard time, I'm sure. But but you know, they're they're both. Both teams have great kids, and you know, and and you know, it's just been a fun rivalry. Coach, with that being said, uh, from the game last night, do you think at times maybe players, even from both teams, maybe tried too hard? 
Yeah, I think so. I think so. I think both teams could have relaxed a little bit more, and it would have been a little bit, probably a little bit better offensive game. Uh, you know, it was kind of an ugly, ugly game, and but but you know, it was a defensive struggle from the from the the get go, and the referees were letting us play. Both teams play, and you know, there was a lot of you know bumping and hand checking and things like that, and that kind of hurts the offensive part of it too. But but you know, I thought the officials did a great job letting letting the kids decide the outcome of the game and. And it was it was just a you know pretty much a uh, you had to fight for everything you got the whole game both teams and and it was just it was just a great great atmosphere and a great uh, a great high school basketball game that's you know pretty much all I can sum it up. All right, Coach uh, Brad Napper, head coach of the Chapville Regional Tigers, picked up the win last night over uh, Logan by a score of fifty one forty seven. Coach, thank you very much. We'll talk to you um, in a week or two here on Basketball Friday Night. All right, guys, thanks for having me on. All right, thank you for joining us, Coach uh, Brad Napper. I'll tell you what, I was at the game, and it was I got there about 45 minutes before tip, and there was no seats. I mean, there was actually people sitting in the aisles. I know we got some uh, some of the pictures up that, that aired during our commercial breaks and so forth mm-hmm. for those watching on video. But, Bill, have you seen any games down your way that, I mean, it was a packed house. Not lately. And they, and they turned, actually turned a lot of people away. No, that that, that is an amazing. But, again, you're, you're talking talking top five teams going at it, close rivals. And uh, it kind of reminds me of uh, some of the uh, – when we still had some of the smaller schools here in the Huntington area, uh, used to be great rivalries in the Ohio Valley Conference between uh, Cerrito Canova and, uh, and, and uh, Chesapeake. Actually, Chesapeake and South Point, when Rick Huckabee was coaching South Point, and you would have crowds that would get there 4, 4.30 in the afternoon, and they would have the place packed at 5.30 two hours before a tip-off. And, and the crowds were pretty even last night between, uh, they said that, I think, uh, Logan, I don't remember how much, uh, what the seating capacity is there in Chapville, but they said they sent 400 tickets down to Logan. I think there was probably a few more than 400 Logan fans there last night. What does that do for your team, Brian, when you've got an atmosphere and a crowd like that behind you cheering for you? Well, Bill's going to get me nostalgic talking about <laughs> Rick, the Rick Huckabee days at South Point. Yeah. That, was, that was my guy over there, but you know, a couple of years ago when, when, when I was at Taze Valley Christian School, my son was going there and I was working with their prep program, we had a similar situation when we played Huntington Prep. And, man, it was a, a packed house. And, and here's, here's what you don't see. This time of year, Joe, when you get a lot of people in the building, the floor starts to get a little slicker. And, and that's the thing that you see is you get a lot of people in the building. It's cold outside, but it's hot inside. And, and you start to get some of those those weird things start happening where guys slip a little bit more. Uh, you've got to pay extra attention to do we how, how close do we let fans get to the playing surface. You've got to have room for, for the, the officials to navigate and things like that. So there's some different types of things when you have a big time and you've got a lot of people in the high school gym to Bill's point. Uh, that you don't really think about until you're you're in the middle of, of playing the game and it's like, okay, wait a minute, we've got to get some of these things under control. All right, uh, we're going to hold up on the scoreboard here for just a little bit. We're going to go back to the phone lines. Uh, David Akers, head coach of the Grace Christian Soldiers, joining us now here on Basketball Friday Night. Coach, uh, welcome uh, to the show. Oh, thanks for having me. Hey, Coach Akers, Brian Sexton, uh, we've gotten to play you guys, uh, played you guys a week or so ago at Calvary Baptist Academy. Great game, 68-61, the Patriots won. You've got a tough, scrappy ball club. I tell you, you know, when 
when folks play you and and we had coach Chafin on from Cabell Midland you guys played them early in the season uh talk about your ball club this year and 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 kind of the attitude and and mentality that you've taken into the season you know uh we we're we're a young team we uh have a couple of uh, juniors we rely on a couple of sophomores uh, a couple of seniors as well but we've got a chance uh you know to build upon that and looking forward to the future you know we're a small school we uh we kind of we struggle with that with low enrollment and not having a whole lot of kids to choose from but uh, our enrollment is increasing at Grace Christian and uh says a lot for our school. Uh, we're excited about uh, people moving in and uh, and look forward to the future. Hey, Coach, you've got uh, a fine young player in Eli Foster. Kid's about 6'4", six, 6'5". Six, he's a junior. Nice player. What I like about Eli Foster is he's just as comfortable from the inside as he is from, from 21, 22 feet. He, he really... It epitomizes, in my mind, an inside-outside guy. You've got Ricky Tanner, could really shoot the basketball. Cooper Branson. Uh, talk about those three kids in particular. Uh, to me, those those three kids are kind of the core of your team. You know, the the neatest thing about coaching at a, at a Christian school versus a public school is you get to go through a discipleship pro, uh, process with them, and you get to spend time on uh, talking about and, and being exposed to spiritual things. And so the, the basketball is just a bonus. You know, I mean, we get to talk about Jesus, but we also get to talk basketball. We get to instruct these young men, and we get to have this kind of relationship with them. But those three young men are just awesome. Uh, Cooper Branson, just every coach's dream on the floor, just knocks people down, just anything to get the basketball. Eli doesn't have any idea how good he could be uh really shoots the ball well from the outside uh so we're trying to convince him that he's that he's a post player but he wants to play on the wing so we we kind of struggle a little bit with that ricky tanner is one of the streakiest shooters scores i've ever seen he uh when he's on he can light it up and uh and shoot with just about anybody so yeah they've been uh they've been a dream to coach and uh and look forward to the future with them. This is a real old home week for, for me tonight, uh, Dave. I've, I worked with Brian Sexton on and off for about 20 years. And, of course, you and I have worked uh, with uh, Spring Valley uh, uh, off and on for a long time. And it's good to have you on the show with us tonight. You, you talked a little bit about the the, uh, uh, the the attitude of the kids coaching them. Of course, you had a lot of experience coaching in, in football at Spring Valley. And, you know, it, it seems like uh, the kids at the, at the Christian schools like Grace Christian – uh, they're just a lot easier to work with. They have a lot better attitudes. That they don't know it all. That's the thing. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's I think it's the fact that they pay tuition and the parents are going to see to it. That they <laughs> That's right. That's right. Uh, but but anyway, yeah, we've uh, we've had a, a, a really good experience. You, you mentioned Spring Valley football, and, and that that was a love of mine. I, I got to coach for about ten years there. Uh, and also coached at numerous uh, schools and programs in basketball over the years for about 40 years. I think Coach Terry asked me to coach at yeah. the old yeah. Buffalo Junior High when I graduated high school. So sure that's did. When I, that's when I started. But uh, anyway, I've enjoyed uh, spending time with these uh, young men and and 
and just the fact that uh, they are growing and maturing in their faith and as basketball players and as young men, and you're right, these parents uh, do a really nice job of, uh, of uh, complimenting uh, the things that take place at the school. Uh, Dr. Brocky does an awesome job there, and uh, we, th- we think the secret's just about to get out about Grace Christian School and what kind of school it is, hoping that uh, players will start flocking there. I, I guess share. Yeah. I'm sorry, go ahead. No, Coach, I was going to share a, a little personal aside. So I was sitting next to Grace's uh, bookkeeper, an old friend of mine, Aaron Childers. His son, um, Alex, plays on the team there at Grace. And, and late in the game, we, we were playing down there when Calvary was playing at Grace. We hit free throws down the stretch to put a game away. And I looked over at Coach Akers, and he looks at Aaron. And he said, man, I've never seen a team shoot free throws like these guys do. And just right there at the end of the game, but, but to, to keep everything in perspective, and that's what I admire about Coach Akers the last couple of years, is, is even in the heat of battle, uh, Coach Akers really keeps things in perspective, encourages his kids. Uh, uh, encourages and keep on keeping on. And coach, we'll see you in two weeks up at Summersville at the, at the WV Cat. We're really looking forward to that. Yeah, I hope we're not in a situation where Isaac Massey's back on the line. <laughs> deal deal. I know that. Yeah, you, I'm tired. Of, I think he was 12 for 13 the last time we played from the free throw line. Yeah, he was. What a, what a nice player. Yeah, he was. But but you guys played really well, and we we had a hard time containing Eli Foster and Ricky Tanner. I tell you what, Ricky Tanner was starting to shoot uh, three point shots from Barbersville, I think, and knocking them in. But, but uh, he, he never saw a shot he didn't like. He did like. That's right. But we're looking forward to. And, and thank you again for coming on tonight. Really appreciate it. And again, we'll see you in two weeks up in Summersville. Well, thanks for having me, and I look forward to that. I'll see you then, Brian. Thanks, Bye. Coach. All right, Coach uh, David Akers, the head coach of the Grace Christian uh, Soldiers, uh, part of the uh, WVU Cat, and we'll be talking a little bit more about that as the evening goes on. We're up against a break. We come back, we'll have our standout athlete of the week. More to come here on Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. For scores online, all of them in West Virginia, visit basketballnight.com. Careers in sports journalism are growing with the expansion of cable networks, the rise of sports-centered online platforms, and ever-popular local coverage. Get in the game. Your passion, curiosity, charisma, and a Marshall University sports journalism degree will equip you with the combination for success. You'll be the eyes, ears, and life of the game when you learn the art of sports storytelling while covering the thundering herd on our Huntington campus. Go behind players' stats and game scores. Learn to report compelling stories. Become proficient in breaking news across multiple media platforms. Find out how sports and media impact our society. Marshall University's W. Page Pitt School of Journalism and Mass Communications is ready and eager to help you start your sports journalism career. Learn more at marshall.edu sojmc. Welcome to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for tweeting us the scores. And if you have a cancellation, postponement, or you know the date of a game coming up that has been postponed to, moved to, please let us know. 
and we'll update it and let everybody else know too. Join us online. Vote in this week's poll. You've got till 11:45 tonight. Last week, 74% voted it was okay for a uh, coach to go out and film scouting video of an opposing team's game. This week's question, just for you, should the number of fouls before a high school player uh, is disqualified from a game be increased from five to six? Give us a yes or a no. Go to basketballnight.com. Celebrating high school basketball around the Mountain State. You're listening to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia on the Fast Break Sports Network. Now, back to your hosts, Bill Cornwell, Joe Linville, and Ryan Epling. 1019 on a Friday night on a cold, wintry Friday night across the state of West Virginia. Uh, Joe Linville with you, uh, setting in for Ryan Epling. Brian Sexton, good to have you on with us tonight. Bill's, uh, Bill Cornwell is in studio. But joining us uh, to my right, if you're on the video, I guess it would be probably to the left, is uh, Marshall freshman Andrew Rogers. And welcome to Basketball Friday Night. Thank you. Just glad to be a part of this. And he's going to be our standout athlete of the week. Uh, I don't know. I guess you'll be putting the package together and you'll be doing the interviews and so forth as a part of your project uh, here at the Marshall University School of Journalism. Absolutely. Uh Glad to take on this project for you guys. All right. Tell us a little bit about uh, Taylor, our, our standout athlete of the week. Yeah, Taylor has been a three years started three years for the Generals, as, was in and out of the lineup as a freshman, but now she's taken over as the starter for the Generals, and her experience for that team has really led them to be successful this year. Well, in, in talking to Taylor, what, what are some of the extra activities you'll be talking about in your interview uh, as far as you know, extracurricular activities? Yeah, she's really active uh, outside of the classroom, but really on the court. When I was able to talk with uh, head coach Sydney Havens for the Generals, she really pointed out that she understands her role for the team, and she really does a good job of understanding her role on and off the court. All right, let's take a look or a listen to uh, Taylor Dunford uh, from Montcalm High School. A player who sets an example by giving her all in each role she assumes is what makes one a leader. Star power is not the essential trait for a leader. Being a modest leader is clearly the prominent attribute for this week's standout athlete of the week. Taylor Dumford, a senior forward, has helped lead the Montcalm girls basketball team to a 10-4 record with only one loss coming at the hands of another single-A opponent. Dumford is averaging approximately double figures in points along with seven rebounds this season for the Generals, but she says it's not enough to have just one star player on the team to have success. Growing up at a small school, you learn as a freshman to play with no fear. So I feel like that has a lot to do with us because we don't have a star player because as a team, we're just all used to helping and relying on each other to depend. So whenever multiple people are scoring that night and getting rebounds and playing well, we usually win. Dumford aims to lead her team beyond sectional play this season after Summers County knocked her generals out in the sexual semifinals a year ago. Along with playing basketball, Dumford also plays volleyball and softball. Although Dumford is involved with different sports, she is still successful in other important areas of her life. Whenever she is finished playing basketball, she intends to become a teacher and is already job shadowing where she went to elementary school. Her father, Joey, says his daughter is preparing for her future career while enrolled at Montcalm High School. She's 
setting an example by going on ahead and getting an early start on her college, I think. And not only that, she's also setting an example to the little kids that she's teaching. So hopefully a, a lot of these younger girls are looking at her as a role model and, and you know, that maybe wanting to be more like her. Dunford says she enjoys being around younger children and wants to make an impact on her community through a career in teaching. Well, I've had a lot of, like, good teachers throughout my whole life, and they've just, you know, made me passionate about education and wanting to help people. And I feel like that would be the way that I could truly benefit this world by passing on the love to learn and get involved. And I've had a really good school, so I want to give back, and I think I could give back by helping out my community. Dumford maintains a 4.0 GPA as a member of the National Honor Society. Also, she was student council president this past year. As with Montcalm High School's tradition, Dumford passed her presidency position to an underclassman for this academic year, while she remains heavily involved with student council. Dumford is grateful for the opportunities of what she has taken advantage of throughout her high school career. You know, you get what you give. And I feel like I've done a lot with my school, and they've helped me a lot. So I really, truly, you know, try to help out as much as I can. And... Just with everything that's happened this year, I just try to give back because at the beginning of the year, I lost a close friend of mine in a car wreck. So that's just really impacted me and how I look at this year and my out my outlook on life, really, in general. And so I just want to try and help out my school as much as possible. When she graduates from high school, Dumford plans to play basketball at Bluefield College. She intends to major in elementary education with a minor in physical education. But in the meantime, she wants to lead her team on a deep run during tournament play in March. For Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia, I'm Special Correspondent Andrew Rogers. All right, Andrew, thank you very much. Great job on uh, putting together our standout athlete of the week, Taylor Dunfield from Montcalm High School down in Mercer County. And uh, if you don't know where that's located, it's just uh, a few miles due north of Bluefield, and we'll have Taylor on the later and the show. Let's go right back to the phone lines. And joining us now is the head coach of the Logan Wildcats, uh, Coach Zach Green, in a, in a game that we've talked a lot about uh, throughout the evening. And, uh, Coach, uh, welcome to Basketball Friday Night. Good evening, guys. How are you? In your perspective, what was the difference in the game last night? Um, well, we didn't execute down the stretch. I think that was the biggest thing. We had some opportunities uh, down the stretch, and, and we didn't execute. Of course, uh, the Logan Wildcats, uh, they, your team jumped out to a quick lead, and, and you know, Coach Brad Amper and his Tigers just kept chipping away. And it was an exciting game from there on out. The You know, probably from the end of the first quarter, I believe you were tied up all the way, uh, you know, to the final buzzer. Yeah, it's uh... – you know, it's a great atmosphere to play in last night. That was a uh, state tournament, state championship style field that there was there last night. And it's a great environment to put our guys in. And, and um, you know, we just got a, uh, a few things that we've got to work on and get better at. And I think we'll be okay. Coach, you guys, uh, I really have been impressed with the way that uh, you scheduled this year. Uh, obviously, you had these, these uh, showdown games uh conference-wise uh, with uh, Chapmanville and, and others uh, late in the season. But you've uh, done a good job of uh, crossing around the state playing all-comers, triple-A, double-A, and I, I know it had to help as far as building up this ball club. It, it absolutely has, and that's one thing, you know, coming the season that we looked at. We thought we would have a, a team veteran guys, juniors and seniors, and, and we do have a few younger guys to play some, but 
Um, and we were ready to challenge those guys. And I think this schedule has really prepared us. And, you know, we, we've got a tough road still to go. We've still got Chapmanville again, South Charleston at Winfield. So, um, uh, at Scott. So a lot of big games coming up for us still. So, uh, we're excited. And that's what we, that's when we put this schedule together, that's what we wanted to do. We wanted to challenge our guys and, and prepare them the best we could for the postseason. Coach, what do you tell your players? You know, you, like you said, you've got a couple games in between, but, you know, you meet Chapmanville again on your home turf next uh, Friday night at the Willie Acres Arena. W- what do you do to your team uh, as far as a mindset to get prepared for that game and to keep them up uh, so they'll be ready to play uh, when Friday night rolls around? Uh, I don't think I'll have to do a whole lot to get those guys <laughs> up for that game. Uh, you know, that's. Uh, we talked a long time today and watched some film, and, and we absolutely feel that uh, when they come to Logan on Friday, we'll be prepared. So, Just, uh, you know, a lot of people talk about home court advantage. Uh, do you think that came into play last night, and do you think it'll come into play in the game next Friday? Um, I think so. I think, you know, both of those environments are tough environments, and, and um, we play in a, in a really unique environment there at Logan. So um, I, I think definitely that home court advantage will, will have a factor. It was an exciting game, a packed house, and, uh, you know, you got them again next uh, Friday at your place, and more than likely you'll see them again uh, come postseason as well. Yes, we we, uh, we hopefully we see them two or three, maybe more times. So um, we're, we're excited and can't wait till Friday. Absolutely. Uh, Coach Green, thanks for joining us, uh, and uh, we look forward to talking to you again before the season's out. All right. Thank you, guys. All right. Thank you very much, uh, Coach Zach Green, head coach of the Logan Running Wildcats. So uh, he's really turned that program around down there. They he were, has. They were kind of down. Uh, you know, Coach Hatcher had some uh, health issues and, and stepped down there a couple years ago. And, uh, of course, uh, Coach Green, a former player at Logan, uh, you know, applied for the job, got it. And he has a lot of support from the community down there. The community has really gotten back. You know, Not that there was ever a loss as far as enthusiasm for basketball in Logan, but I thought it waned just a little bit as uh, they had some struggles around, of course, with Coach Hatcher's uh, issues. And uh, But uh, he's done a good job of building it back. And, and real, to me, another thing is talent levels back. you got kids coming out to play basketball, there's always been kids in Logan who could play, could yep. play the game. Right. Well, they're they're back at it, and they're on the team. Brian, what does it mean to programs to have the community behind you like we've been talking about? Well, Joe, the, and, and to Bill's point about Logan, is is that has always been tradition. you know, And, and that's what you have to, to reinvigorate sometimes is the tradition the, the pride of putting on the, the blue and gold of the Logan Wildcats and following these traditions of guys that have come before you and, and a legendary coach like Coach Akers down there for a number of years just kept turning out talent after talented teams after talented teams. And I think those kids just want to step into that tradition. Uh, you know, there's a, it, it's unreal. They, they, have, they sell a lot of season tickets, and it's a lot of Coach Akers – Former players yeah. that that have stuck right there that still live and work in the Logan area and they're there every Monday night, Tuesday night, Friday night, whenever it is uh, to watch their Logan Wildcats. Got to take a break. Coming up on it is ten thirty and we're halfway through the show and another hour and a half to go in the fastest three hours of basketball. More to come on Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia here on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network.
for scores online, all of them in West Virginia. Visit basketballnight.com. Congratulations tonight to Taylor Dunford. Montcom Generals. Taylor joins R.J. Klein from the Sherman Tide. Jesse Muncie from the Tulsa Rebels. Anna Hamilton. Nicholas County Grizzlies. Jordan Kish. Chapmanville Tigers. Madison Blankenship. Riverview Raiders. And Marley Weinschitz from the Fairmont Senior Polar Bears. What they all have in common is they were selected by Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia as the standout Athlete of the Week. Have someone remarkable on your team? Did you have an athlete make an outstanding play? You can nominate your team's players to become the Basketball Friday Night Standout Athlete of the Week. Each week, we consider nominees based on leadership, performance on the court, academic performance, involvement in the community, and volunteer work. Every Friday night, we select a Standout Athlete of the Week. Head over to our website, basketballnight.com, click on the Standout Athlete of the Week tab. Fill out the nomination form. We'll take it from there. We want you to nominate your team's athletes. Check it out at basketballnight.com. Streaming video from the studios at Marshall University. Visit basketballnight.com for video, audio, and the Basketball Friday Night Scoreboard. Follow us on Twitter at hoops underscore roundup at hoops underscore roundup. Big shout out to Robert Canterbury, Heather Stewart, Aiden Satterfield, Brock Price, Wade, Rigel, and Janet Kelly. They're all now part of the Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia family. Follow us on Twitter at hoops underscore roundup. Stay up to date on your favorite teams. Check out basketballnight.com. Now back to basketball Friday night in West Virginia with Bill Cornwell, Joe Linville, and Ryan Epling. Joe Linville, Bill Cornwell, and Brian Sexton with you tonight. Uh, once again, uh, Ryan a little under the weather, and uh, we wish him a speedy recovery and hope he's back with us next Friday night. So We just passed halftime. Exactly. Here we go. Uh, here we're, we're in the Where's second the popcorn, half. popcorn, guys? Yeah. <laughs> no popcorn here tonight. I, I'm hearing we may have a little tailgate uh, after the show. You know, normally you tailgate before the show, but I think tonight the tailgate comes afterwards. Uh, I like it. Anyway, uh, join us here on Basketball Friday Night. Send us your scores of your local high school uh, games uh, throughout the state. You can uh, text those to us at 304-249-4924. The number again, 304-249-4924. Or you can send them via Twitter at hoops underscore roundup. Or you can email them in at scores at basketballnight.com. So there's... uh, and we're even on Facebook now, so there's no excuse for not getting your scores into us. And there's a lot of empty slots out there tonight. Of course, a lot of the games uh, postponed or canceled because of the weather tonight, and that's just uh, something we've battled against. And we'll just—it's uh, just that time of the, the year. When we have nights like this, this is a good night, though, to kind of uh, take stock of the season. And you know, we'll have coaches on, and uh, they kind of say, you know, well, here's where we've been, and here's where we're going, and here's what we're working on, because. Uh, it is a busy time, and now there's going to be makeup games you're going to have to schedule, and, and uh, you don't want to have them kind of bunch up and smash up on you and wear your kids out because I've seen it happen. I mean, I've seen just uh, a lot of these makeup games just absolutely destroy teams because 
they, they get leg weary and they well, just they just wear themselves out. So I mean, so you're going to have to do some uh, strategic scheduling. Plus, you know, in mind you're 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 wanting to progressively get your team ready for postseason. It's coming. Well, Bill, we talked we've talked to a couple coaches tonight that are, that have said I'm playing. We're, we've got five games in in eight days. We've exactly. got. And, and, you know, that's, that's a, a tournament-type run. Mm-hmm. If you think about it, it, it's good preparation for the, for the state tournament that's coming up in Charleston. And you've got sectional and regional play and things like that. But, but again, Bill, to your point in, in, you know, how do you pace yourself to, to, to say, okay, we've got, to, we've got five games in eight days, but we want to play our best basketball every night to get ourselves ready to play because when you get to those regional and sectionals, Joe, it's it's a single elimination at that point. It, it's one it's one bad one night and done. you're done. One yeah. or done. That's one right. bad it's night a, and you're done. And uh, anyway, by the girls' season across the state is is pretty much wrapped up. Yeah, they, they get uh, they get first shot at postseason. They've got the first week of the state tournament, and so uh, we're talking sectionals in about two and a half weeks. I know uh, the Scott uh, and I'm keep bringing them up because I'm familiar with their schedule but you know they play their fi- final game of the season uh, next week so a lot of know. senior nights starting around already the state. starting yeah there hey, was we've, we've played our last home game at Calvary Baptist so, so I mean you know again you, you get ready for tournament play quick all right let's go back to the phone lines joining us now is uh, Howard Meeks and he's the head coach of the St. Mary's <coughs> girls but he's also the vice president of the West Virginia hometown invitational over on the girls side uh, coach Meeks welcome to basketball Friday night hey Bill and Joe it's my pleasure guys I've been meaning, always meaning to call in but you know uh you're a busy man on Friday nights, right? I'm just, I'm just, I'm just getting a little slower. Well, you got a good friend Craig Dutton. He calls in a lot and keeps you guys posted up and stuff like that. But uh, no, I'm over here in uh, the big town of Mill Creek, West Virginia, tonight uh, at Hotel Mike DePasquale, uh, the <laughs> athletic director of Tigers Valley, and uh, the former girls' coach at, at Tigers Valley. And uh, he, he's a big reason that me and him, you know, the, you know, Wamsley and several. The boys' coaches, you know, uh, nine years ago started the, the boys' side of the hometown invitation. Only, and so we set this is our seventh year in the girls' side, and uh, just uh, wanted to, you know, get on here and talk a little bit about all the, the schools getting ready to come. One, let them know that uh, that Route 250 in the Mill Creek is uh, is clear enough for me to drive in there. I know the bus <laughs> is making it in tomorrow. Uh, we're just, you know, thankful the weather is going to give us a break and. Uh, looks like we're going to get our games in and uh, have a Division Two championship. Uh, band's going to take on Clay Battelle, and then uh, uh, and then in the nightcap, uh, Cameron will uh, be the host. You know they're the defending champion, and uh, uh, and then they'll be hosting St. Mary's, our our team. Unfortunately, uh, I had to. Our girls had one of their best games of the year a few weeks ago, and I'm you know proud of it. But I had to go down there with our good friend Rick Murrow and. They were getting ready, to, you know, had a party to celebrate his 400th win, and we kind of, uh, you know, went in there and got, the, you know, stole a win out of Tulsa, which is not easy to do in there. But uh, um, just a lot of good teams in, in, in this tournament, and just wanted to give a shout out, you know, to everybody that's getting ready to travel, and uh, you know, and, and all the girls from the, all the all the small corners of West Virginia that we get together and get to see some of the athletes and uh, you know get to learn a little bit about them. You know, uh, Coach Marone has talked a lot about this tournament, you know, on our show, and it, it gives the opportunity for, for these teams to travel into places they've never seen before. 
Well, that's that's one. You know, I know. You know, last year, you know, you can you can look at it, uh, the glass half full or the glass half empty. And you know, I know last year, uh, you know, we we're having you know struggling with a very young team, and and we had to travel, and we traveled to East Hardy, you know, in you know in big town of Baker, and then turn right around and go to Greenbrier West four or five days later. But you know. Looking back at it, you know, I got seniors that, you know, they graduated and some young girls that, you know, that they're talking about all the different places in West Virginia that they would have never seen, you know. And I was sitting having dinner with uh, um, Jeff from Paul Paul, uh, the athletic director there, and talking about his girls last year. They went down to Charleston, and it's the first time many of their girls ever got to go to the Capitol building and tour and stuff. And so that's what, you know, it's, not, it's more than just basketball. Uh, I know. We've taken our girls to different tournament sites and used that as an opportunity to visit a local college and, and allow our girls to learn about you know, how to make an official visit and stuff like that because not all of them is going to play basketball, obviously, uh, out of our programs at the next level. But you know, a lot of them hopefully are going on to trade schools or some kind of college, and it just gives them an opportunity to, you know, to, to turn this into an educational experience as well. Coach, uh, just looking at your schedule and, and just hearing you talk about it, you know some of these trips can be a little a little long. And and I've asked other coaches this question, but how does that uh, how does that do a team when you have a lot of time to spend together, the camaraderie, and you know just getting to know each other a little better? How does that transform to the basketball court? Uh, you know, obviously when when things are clicking and things are going well, it's a lot of fun. Sometimes when things aren't going so well, uh, you know, the more you you spend you spend time with somebody, the more you learn to put up with stuff and to communicate, and, and you watch teams grow. So, um, you know, for us, it's always been a positive. Um, you know, obviously, there's different philosophies on these long on these long trips, but you know, with being able to schedule them Saturdays in a way that Mike uh, has helped organize it where we actually get together the first Sunday in January and we seed it and you know it'd be nice if the state got together and was able to seed that but I know you know it's too hard to do that and you know the seedings come out really fair and then then by pod play we schedule each other and that way we're guaranteed games and and even the the low seed you know in a bracket is guaranteed a home game and and which is something that's unique with what we're doing now and you know it's just for us, it's been a real positive, and I know this is our seventh year, and we've been fortunate enough uh, being the final six times in seven years now and winning the first four. And, you know, we've played some great Gilmer teams. Um, uh, we played a Clay Battelle team, I think, our third year when they were undefeated in the in the hit. And without, you know, without the hit, I really feel several of my teams that, you know, uh, like especially in 2013 and 2014, maybe doesn't get that postseason experience ready soon enough, and w- maybe we don't play St. Joe in the state championship games those years w- without this tournament. No, we played a, a very good. Mike, uh, you know, had Tigers Valley had a couple nice teams uh, with with Al Gould that went to D and E and stuff. So I know there's been several teams that advanced into the state tournament, but besides that, I really feel. You know, a couple. You know, a union. You know, has you know, a girl that makes first team all state, and you know, sometimes these smaller schools, it's hard. You know, for you know, they're so small, they're called Division Two in our tournament, and you know, but when they come over and get seen by other schools like our programs, and you know, they played 
I came over that year and played Work County in the St. Mary's Invite, and the Parkersburg News got to see it. And so, you know, a girl that's worked her entire career uh, through AAU and stuff in a small town, you know, has an opportunity to be seen and, and, and earn first-team All-State all honors. That I don't think happens without this kind of tournament. So, you know, we're awful proud of it, and, you know, the busing's part of it. But uh, um, we also do a good job if teams are, you know, in a conference and play each other a lot. You know, you know, four or five seed. How much does it matter? Can we move? And, and and so there's a lot of you know cooperation among the coaches, and, and I think we're having a lot of success. All right, uh, Harold uh, or Howard Meeks, head coach of the girls St. Mary's team, and also vice president of the hometown invitational uh, tournament. Uh, you know, I, I've heard nothing but great things about that tournament. And uh, coach, uh, get some rest. You'll be on hardwood tomorrow, and uh, sectionals will be here in less than two weeks. Sure, and I just want to shout out to Coach Marone. I know he's got a loss in his family, and uh, and we want to give a big thanks to Antero Resources, uh, who's sponsoring the Boys and Girls Tournament this year, and uh, and just all and everybody that works for them throughout the state. You know, for what they do for the state of West Virginia. All right, Coach. Uh, and me, and thanks sorry. again for having us on tonight, guys. Absolutely, we we enjoyed talking to you, and we uh, hope to have you back on before the season's over. All right, guys. Have a good night. All right, Coach uh, Howard Meeks, head coach of the girls' uh, team at St. Mary's and also vice president of the Hometown Invitational. That's a tournament. And Rick, uh, Coach Marone, has talked so much about that, uh, these tournaments and you know, how, how they go to places they've never been and, and, and you know, face competition they otherwise they would never face. And, you know, St. Mary's is in, is in a unique part of the state. Because, and it would be real easy, Joe, for – for those those teams to to schedule just up and down route two, you know, just to yeah. stay on route two and and schedule up and down route two, but you know the the competitive advantages as Coach Meeks talked about that his girls get and have gotten over the years by playing kind of outside their their region, kind of playing outside of route two there. Uh, gives them a, a unique advantage because here's the thing: even when you go to sectionals, you go to regionals, you're going to play those schools outside of your area, and you want to have had that experience already before you get there. I give a lot of shout out to the these uh, single A girls coaches who uh, uh, I would use the term a lot of times as far as that classification is concerned. They kind of work in the shadows because. Who you talk about when you talk about single A girls basketball? Yeah. You talk about two schools. You talk about Wheeling Central. And you obviously, you take, talk about Huntington St. Joe. Right. They, they, these schools like St. Mary's, uh, they have good solid programs, and uh, they work it and work it hard. But they, they don't get a lot of recognition because you have the big elephants in the room, so to speak. But uh, and they're, Bill, they're on they're on opposite sides of the state. I mean, you you talk about Wheeling Central. You've got to go up north. You talk about Huntington, St. Joe. You've got to come here. And, and when you play those schools, there there's times in single A, especially you're going to travel a little bit. Right. Much more to come as we need to take a break here on Basketball Friday Night. Our ta- our uh, standout athlete of the week, uh, Taylor Dunfield, will join us. Ron Arrowwood, head coach of uh, Taze Valley Christian, and uh, you have to help me with this name, Brent Brent Jolliker. Uh, will join us also talking about uh, the upcoming uh, WB Cat tournament coming up uh, here in just a couple of weeks. More to follow on Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia here on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. If you love basketball, then there's only one place to be on Friday nights after the game. 
Basketball Friday night in West Virginia. High school basketball action in West Virginia is heating up as the teams focus on a trip to the state championship in Charleston. Stay up to date with your local team and its progress all season long with Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia for three hours every Friday night from 9 to midnight. Listen online or on great radio stations throughout the Mountain State. Hear sports writers, broadcasters, coaches, players, and your calls recapping your team's game. Visit BasketballNight.com for more details on how you can become part of the show. Follow us on Twitter, at Hoops underscore Roundup, at Hoops underscore Roundup. Thanks to everyone tonight that called, sent texts, tweets, and emails. We appreciate you being part of the show and helping us cover all high school basketball in West Virginia. Join us on the phone tonight. Share your team's game. Call toll-free, 855-784-6677, 855-784-6677. Follow us on Twitter, at Hoops underscore Roundup, at Hoops underscore Roundup. Text the show, 304-249-4924, 304-249-4924. Go to our website, check out the scoreboard, find out how you can get connected with the show tonight at basketballnight.com. Don't forget to join us and vote in this week's poll. You've got till 1145 tonight. This week's question, should the number of fouls before a high school player is disqualified from a game be increased from five to six? Give us a yes or no. Go to basketballnight.com to vote in this week's poll. You'll see the poll on the right-hand side of the page. It's all here at Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. This is High School Basketball's home for the Mountain State. Basketball Friday night in West Virginia on the Fast Break Sports Network. Now, back to your hosts, Bill Cornwell, Joe Linville, and Ryan Epling. Rapidly approaching the 11 o'clock hour, 1048, here in the state of West Virginia. We're talking a lot of high school basketball game. We've talked uh, a little bit about uh, a lot of different schools we haven't talked about tonight. And we're going to do that uh, some more here in just a few minutes. But... uh, Bill, uh, weather, you know, all the weather that's gone on the last few days, it's, it's kind of drove the schedule crazy tonight. Yeah, it, it just uh, a couple of nights ago, it just absolutely was just, there was no way you were going to get folks out on the road, even though it wasn't a snow situation, it was so cold. I mean, it, we had parts of the state, we were below zero. Here in the Huntington area, uh, yesterday morning, it was two uh, right during the morning rush hour for, for like two and a half hours. I mean, it and it stayed there. So, uh, I mean, that was obviously uh, – and, and you have a lot of games on Wednesdays and Thursdays and things did stack up. Uh, a few did get played. Of course, we talked with Rick Chafin and uh, Midland and Spring Valley did play last night, although both Cabell and Wayne County schools did not have session yesterday. But um, and not tonight, it's the snow. And uh, we have – we're, again, we're getting get a little tight as far as the uh, the schedule is concerned. We've turned into February. To today's February the first. Tomorrow's Groundhog Day. Hard to believe. <laughs> Boy, it is. It, it is. They're, they're going to be getting up early in Punxsutawney tomorrow uh, for for that. But uh, uh, you you can't you kind of uh, have to be really delicate. Obviously, you can only play where you have holes in your schedule. But again, you have to take a little time and think about. Am I going to stack up too many games in too few days? Am I going to wear my guys out? And if you do it at the wrong point in the schedule, 
Is it going to hurt you when you get into postseason? And joining us now will be Taylor Dunfield, our standout athlete of the week from Montcalm High School down in Mercer County. Taylor, good evening and welcome to Basketball Friday Night. Good evening. Hi. How's the weather down in uh, Mercer County tonight? We've talked about it uh, across the state, but I haven't had any reports from down that way. It's cold. <laughs> <laughs> and it's been cold. It, you know, that's uh, the elevation down there. Do you have any snow on the ground? A little bit, but not really. <laughs> yeah, not too bad. Anyway, uh, Taylor is a three-year starter for the Montcalm Generals. Uh, her freshman year, she... Uh, played uh, quite a bit and uh, talk about your basketball days at uh, Montcalm honestly I love playing for Montcalm it's a small school so truly everyone that started in middle school and played in middle school has played throughout all of high school so you really get a chance to grow as a team and really learn how to work together and that's what I really love about my team we know each other's um, strong suits and we know our weaknesses so we know how to work together as a good team uh you might be one of one of the players that's not the tallest on the team. How does that come into play for you? <laughs> I'm definitely not one of the tallest. And for me, being a forward and being the size I am, I have to learn how to be smart and play the game. My coach reminds me all the time about how she was about my size and she was in college, but that didn't stop her from pulling down, you know, a lot of boards. So I just always got to remember that I just need to use my body and box out. And I just got to try and find different ways to use my size to my advantage rather than having it as a disadvantage for my position. Taylor, your, your ball club's been able to um, blow out to a 10-4 and four record so far this year. And you guys, uh, something that we really admire on this show is uh, you guys take on all comers. You, you don't limit yourself to single-A schools, <clears throat> but you're playing double-A schools. I noticed at a game with Oak Hill that you won uh, a couple of weeks ago. And obviously you've got really uh, uh, competitive uh, regional and sectional games. Uh, got a couple of games with Summers County. Of course, they beat you a little earlier. So uh, a good challenge in scheduling. You guys have done pretty well. Yeah, our coach likes to give us a little bit of a tougher schedule, but truly the team loves it because it gives us a challenge. And we set our goals high, and we wouldn't be able to achieve what we've achieved if we were playing easy teams. We want to challenge ourselves and truly push ourselves to show everyone just how good of a team we truly are. Taylor, uh, off the court, I guess in the classroom, you have a 4.0 GPA. Is that tough to keep up with your schoolwork during basketball season? Yes, it's very tough, but there's just a lot of nights where you just get together and do homework on the bus on your way home, on the way to a game, and... Surely our team's good for working with that, and you just got to learn about time management and how to balance everything. And it's just a thing you got to know, you know, not to take on too much, but you just got to know how to work around it and work with your schedule. And, and speaking of that, you, we learned from you our report about you. Basically, your sports season doesn't end because you play three sports. Yes, I'm busy all year round. Not only for or in the field. I'm busy in school, and I play volleyball, basketball, and softball, so my schedule's very busy during the school year. You know, it, I heard you say, said something a minute ago. You talked about doing your homework on your way to or from a game? Yeah. <laughs> wow. You, you, may, I mean, you, you heard, may be an inspiration to other student-athletes across the state. 
Having you heard of hot spots, they work pretty much everywhere you got service. <laughs> <laughs> I feel for your poor fair yeah, I feel for your poor parents, Taylor, because my son played three sports and I'm sure your folks are, are chasing you all over where you're playing volleyball, basketball and softball. Gotta ask you real quick though, your basketball season is as Bill mentioned is starting to come to a close. You're gonna get to that, that tournament play here before too long. Have you guys, do you feel like you, you guys as a team have peaked yet? Do you feel like you've still got good basketball to play? How do you feel like you're, you're sitting where you want to be as far as, as the season goes? I feel like we're in a very good spot right now. Um, surely, our main goal is just to, you know, I think Summers County is our probably our better, defend, better person and other good team in our sectional. And they always give us a run for our money, so that's our goal. We always want to try and challenge ourselves, and we want to beat them, and we want to go to the state. That's our goal. For the past four years, we've wanted to get to states, and each year we see us grow more and get farther along. But we truly just want to ride this out as far as we can. And I feel like there's still a lot of good basketball left to be played. I feel like no one has truly seen us to our full potential, but I feel like they will soon. Taylor, what kind of goals have you set for yourself after high school? After high school, I want to attend Bluefield College, and I want to major in elementary education and minor in physical ed. And, you know, if it's God's will, then I might even play college ball. Awesome. Congratulations on being uh, selected as uh, Basketball Friday Night Standout Athlete of the Week. Thank you. All right. Uh, Thank you very much for being with us. Taylor Dunfield. A senior at Montcalm High School. And she's mentioned in Bluefield College, not to be confused with Bluefield State. Right. Two, two separate schools. Right. Okay. Which, which our coach, uh, our head coach, David Spencer, played ball at, at Bluefield State. He likes to bring that up quite often, that there is a difference. <laughs> there is a difference. Yes. And this young lady did an outstanding interview. I've, yes. I've heard college players that didn't you know, speak pro, so proficient and, and as I, give the answers I love that the she way did. that she talked about multitasking about uh, on, on road trips, doing her homework, getting that See, done. See, parents don't get to do that, though, Bill. We, we we have to drive and things like that. They can kind of relax on the bus, get their homework done. Meanwhile, the parents are chasing these kids. That, trust me, they're chasing these kids everywhere. <laughs> hey, yeah, I, I, can, I don't think I've ever heard anybody mention that uh, they did their homework going to or from a game. I know, you know, I played a little bit of sports early in high school. That was the farthest thing from my mind was homework. <laughs> you know, yeah. Oh, so much more to come. Uh, coming up on the 11 o'clock hour, we're up against a break. But uh, basketball, basketball, basketball. Bo Anderson is in the house. We have uh, Ryan Arrowwood, head coach of Taze Valley Christian, and Brent Joliker, the chairman for the West Virginia Cat, coming up all in the next hour. Also, Jordan uh, mounts as well. More on the Fast Break Sports Network after this. Basketball Friday night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. If you love basketball, then there's only one place to be on Friday nights after the game, Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Special thanks to all of our affiliates tonight, WHJC in Matewan. We also want to thank 105 KQV, WKQV in Cowan, 105.5 FM, and Heard in Braxton County on 106.9 FM. 
103.7 Jack FM, WQWV in Fisher, the Valley's Watchdog, 1600 AM, WKKX Wheeling, 1370 AM, WBLY in Moundsville. Also, we're on Jackson County's home for Southern Gospel Singing News Radio, 92.5 FM, WTHM LP, Ravenswood, Ripley. Knights Radio, 91.5 FM, WRSG, Middleburn. Talk Radio, WRNR, Martinsburg, 740 AM, 106.5 FM. Classic Hits, 106 WHFI, Linside, 106.7 FM. 95, the Sports Fox, WBES, Charleston, 950 AM. The Voice of the Coalfields, 101.9 FM and 1290 AM, WELWN, Logan. Light Rock, 93R, WRRR, St. Mary's, 93.9 FM. The Ticket, 102.3 FM, WMTD in Hinton, the greatest oldies of all time, 98.5 FM and 101.5 FM, WQAZLP, Edmund Beckley, 101.7 FM, WYAPLP in Clay, WASPLP in Huntington, WVWP, LP in Wayne, 90.7 FM, WFGH, Fort Gay, Marshall University's flagship station, The Cutting Edge, 88.1 FM, WMUL in Huntington. And you can find us on Facebook, Basketball Night WV. A proud supporter of Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia, the Carter G. Woodson Lyceum honors the father of black history and proudly serves as a forum for issues of importance to Marshall University in the tri-state area. Please visit www.marshall.edu slash woodsonlyceum and follow our tweets for major events during February, including a discussion of the significance of the year 1619 on February 7th and the African American Museum in Washington on February 19th. Educators will find information about a summer institute for teachers at www.marshall.edu slash Woodson Lyceum. That's one word, Woodson Lyceum, W-O-O-D-S-O-N-L-Y-C-E-U-M. The Lyceum was founded in 2016 by the Drinko Academy and the School of Journalism and Mass Communications. Welcome back to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. To join tonight's program, call 855-78-HOOPS. That's 855-784-6677. Follow us on Twitter at Hoops underscore Roundup for all the scores all the time. And visit BasketballNight.com for a comprehensive look at schedules and standings for every team in the state. Stay tuned. Another hour of Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia begins right now. Welcome back. Uh, two down, one to go here on the fastest three hours in basketball. Basketball Friday night covering high school basketball across the great state of West Virginia. Now that we know you're uh, looking for scores, and you can get those uh, by going to our website at basketballnight.com. We'll try to get a, a score update here probably at the bottom of the hour, but uh, the phone lines are backed up, and we've got a full jam-packed hour to get through. So let's go right back to the phone lines and uh, Joining us now is the chairman for the WV uh, Cat State Tournament coming up uh, real soon, Brent Juliker. Jolliker. Jolliker. Okay, I, I knew I would uh, butcher that up uh, in some form or fashion. Uh, anyway, uh, welcome to Basketball Friday Night. 
Thank you very much for having me. I'll tell you what, we've had to put up with this guy, uh, Mr. Sexton, all evening, and I'm going to turn it over to him to let, uh, let him uh, pick your brain here a little bit about your upcoming tournament. Hey, Brent, I appreciate you joining us. Um, the, the West Virginia Christian Athletic Tournament, um, talk a little bit about your involvement the last couple of years. You've, you've run the tournament, and um, it's a little bit different format than what folks are used to with the, with the West Virginia State High School Basketball Tournament. Um, talk a little bit about, you know, just kind of an overall view of the, of the WVCAT tournament. Sure. Uh, this is actually our 11th year uh, here in existence, and WVCAT exists to provide an opportunity for the Christian schools in the state of West Virginia to have an end-of-season state tournament. Uh, we do have a few schools that are members of the WVSSAC, but the majority of the Christian schools in the state of West Virginia are not. And so there was a real need to provide athletic opportunities and postseason tournaments for them. Uh, our basketball tournament's open to any Christian school in the state of West Virginia. Uh, we guarantee every team to play at least two games in the tournament. Uh, you've got to win them all and win your first game to be eligible to win the title, but we give everybody at least two games in the tournament. Uh, our varsity state tournament is uh, in Summersville, West Virginia, at the uh, National Guard Armory there. Um, we've got eight teams participating this year in both the boys and girls division. Some years we've had a few more uh, than that. This year we've got eight teams competing. Uh, it's been a very competitive tournament, and it's really grown uh, in both attendance and in the uh, competitiveness over the last few years. And you mentioned the the Summersville Guard Armory. That is a fantastic place. I know when I first got involved four years ago when my son was a freshman, it was at the Beckley uh, Raleigh County Armory, and then it moved to Summersville. Talk about the advantages that that Christian schools have with Summersville and and why the decision was made to move to Summersville. Yeah, we actually, in our first year, we didn't really have a location, and, and Tate Valley Christian School hosted the tournament for us. And But we wanted to get it into a neutral site um, for, for one of our for our schools as well and give our kids an opportunity to, to travel and, and see other places, like I heard you guys talking about with the uh, you know, hometown invitational there earlier. Um, and, and we actually went to Somersville for a few years, and then there were a couple years we were in Beckley, but we went back to Somersville. It's a great location for basketball, and right there in the center of the state. Um, it, it's something that is, uh, they've worked great with us in providing a, a beautiful facility uh, for playing basketball. Uh, plenty of seating there. Um, and, and it's just, our, our kids love it. It's a great gym. Uh, it's a good environment. It gives our opportunity for all our schools to kind of come in. It's a small town. Everybody's there. Everybody's in the gym all day watching these games play, and it's just uh, really a great environment for basketball. Of course, Grant, we've had several uh, coaches, folks involved with the Christian uh, schools on tonight. We're going to have a couple more, but uh, I I made the comment that uh, I really thought that the quality of the the competition, the quality of the teams just keeps growing year and year. If you're a basketball fan, no matter who you're a basketball fan of, your tournament is a good one to go to because – you're going to see some outstanding talent, uh, plus kids who are, are getting a good grounding uh, morally and uh, and certainly spiritually in life as well as as well as educationally. Most definitely, I mean our, our Christian schools exist for a reason, and and uh, the basketball is important. Athletics are important too, and athletics many times is one of the most visible uh, areas that a school has. 
uh, to the outside. And competitiveness is important to us, and we're, we, we've been very glad and proud to see the competition level of the schools in our tournament increase through the years. And it's brought kids into our school. Uh, they've seen the quality of play, and as you know, I teach at Grace Christian School in Huntington, and I coach there for a number of years. And, and as we've seen our schools in the WVCAT be able to schedule outside public schools like Midland that you've talked to here this evening and other schools in the area, it's it's gained exposure for our schools, and the basketball level is increasing. And I agree with you. You're going to see some great basketball here at these tournaments. And I've got the, the boys part of the, the bracket. Um, of course, that's the one I work with most closely. Cross Lanes will be the number one seed, Cross Lanes Christian. Calvary Baptist Academy, yes. the two seed. Taze Valley Christian, the number three seed. Grace Christian, the four seed. Mercer Christian, the five seed. Wood County Christian, the six seed. Victory Christian, the seventh seed. And Mount Hope Christian, the eighth seed. So you're right. You're, we're, we're actually, you're covering Christian schools from all over the state. And again, uh, Brent, the the atmosphere is is important, but the quality of play, to Bill's point, is equally as important. When when you put a tournament like this together, what's your ultimate goal as a tournament director? What do you want to see ultimately from a tournament that you put on? I I'd love to be able to walk out when it's all done on Saturday afternoon without complaint. That's my number one goal. But uh, I'm I'm looking for good competitive basketball. We're looking for, we, we want to provide an outlet, an opportunity for our kids and for our student athletes to display the talents that the Lord has given them as well in a competitive ad, uh, atmosphere, but also a, a great spirit of sportsmanship uh, is very important to us in, in our schools and foster a sense of community across the state. Uh, we've got 11 different schools total represented in our tournament across all divisions this year. We've had uh, over 20 different schools across the state uh, in in years past that have at one one form or another, uh, and and we do see kids from all over the state uh, part of this, and, and it has grown in uh, popularity. People are noticing, asking to come in and join each year, and um, we're just wanting to provide that opportunity and exposure. We've had uh, some colleges come in uh, just to kind of advertise and sponsor as part of these tournaments as well and we're trying to give exposure to our kids in every way possible so that they can take the talents that god's given them the character that's being developed in these schools and use them in the next level if they want to go on athletically but also whatever god's called them to and whatever their future holds for them we're wanting to mold our uh, young men and women to uh, people be people of good character and we feel like we can really display that in a spirit of competition as well uh, we're talking to Brent uh, Joliker, the chairman for the WV Cat. Uh, thanks for joining us on Basketball Friday Night, and I hope we can get you back on in a couple of weeks and and uh, talk as the tournament's underway. Well, thank you very much for having me. We'd love to do that. All right, thank you very much. Uh, and thanks, we'll, Brent. And we'll stay right uh, with the phone lines and going to Ryan Arrowwood, the head coach of the Taze Valley Christian Prep Team, uh, joining us now here on Basketball Friday Night. Uh, coach, good evening and welcome. Thanks, guys. Happy to happy to be here. Talk about your team just a little bit and tell us uh, what kind of players and what kind of uh, you know what you've seen so far this season. Um, we've got uh, we've got five seniors, um, and, and four of those guys have been here for for two years, which uh, 
has been big for us. Uh, a couple of them, this is their third year, which you don't always get at our level. <clears throat> we've really tried to build that to where you know, we've got guys for multiple years. Um, had a pretty successful year, started the season uh, 14-0, and uh, was ranked as high as 32nd in the country. Um, Lost about three to Huntington Prep there right at the beginning of the new year and uh, lost at Legacy Charter. But just uh, just beat Wesley Christian. And, you know, the, the best thing is I tell people all the time, our guys just, they do things the right way. They come in, they practice hard every day, they buy into our culture. So as far as high school coaching, I, I feel like I have one of the best jobs in the country. We, we get to come in, we get to work, we get to develop every day. So um, we're excited um, of this month, you know, February is a big month for us. Um, you know, we'll play four teams that are currently ranked in the top 25 in the country. Um, you know, over 25 high major players, so it's going to be a, it's going to be a fun run. You guys are 16 and two, coach, and and again, you mentioned the seniors that that you've had. Of course, you've got uh, Anderson Marambu, six eight, uh, about two ninety five. I, I remember when Anderson came in about three years ago. Uh, he was a cheeseburger away from three fifteen. It was, it was. Uh, I, I told our guys last year when we played you guys at the end of the season. Uh, you know, if you ever tried to guard a refrigerator or a left tackle, that's Anderson. Yeah. But Anderson, the thing about him that a lot of people don't realize, he's a, he's a big guy, but man, he can really go outside and shoot it. You've got a great shooter in Mason Shiflet, another one in Steven Verplanken uh, from Belgium. Uh, talk about those three guys in particular. Those are three Division One players you have on your roster. I mean, yeah, we, you know, we, we're very blessed. Um, you know, we, we've we've been able to develop, you know, some talent. You know, Stephen Verplanken, uh, you know, Luis Herrera is also in those four seniors there who started every game for us this year. Um, three of those guys have Division One scholarships. Stephen has multiple Division Twos. Um, you know, the bright, they didn't have any when they come when they came here. You'd love to say, oh, it's these guys have just worked their tails off, and they're talented. So, um, you know, they've come in. We're just very, very blessed. You know, Mason Shiflett, anybody that knows him knows the type of kid he is. Um, but but all of them have different personalities, have come from different places in the world, and they all just have one common goal. Um, you know, in the basketball side of it, it's taking care of itself. They're playing at a really high level. I'd love for people, and, you know, Brian, you can, you can attest to it. I'd just love for people to – to spend a day with them in, in the school. They're just great, great, great kids um, that, that I'm very blessed I get to coach. Um, you know, Anderson, you know, you mentioned him. He was probably our most high, highly recruited player. Unfortunately, had a Jones fracture last year. So, you know, had 16 scholarship offers, 13 of them go away. Um, you know, didn't have the summer he'd really wanted to because of the weight. Um, but he is playing – I, to be very honest, as far as offensively, I don't think there's a better big in America. Um, and I know, like a lot of people, but he's unguardable right now. The way he can step outside and the way he can, you know, take somebody down on the block. Um, it, the thing that don't doesn't get talked about is his passing ability. Um, he's the best passing big I've ever coached. So um, I've coached some really good bigs. You know, Thomas Bryant, who's playing for the. Uh, for the Washington Wizards, you know he was a great big, but offensively, Anderson's the best big I've ever coached. Coach uh, Bill Cornwell here. Of course, people who may not be uh, knowledgeable about you, uh, you you were a big part of the Huntington Prep program for several years. You mentioned Thomas Bryant, and 
but basically you kind of uh, entered virgin territory when you basically started that uh, uh, Taze Valley Prep program from scratch. Talk about the the challenges and the and the, the the work as far as just trying to to build a reputation and and build a a, a new. Uh, I guess a, a new tradition out there when, you know, and I, I know that the, some of the contacts you've made over the years through Huntington Prep have had to help a little bit. Oh, absolutely. Uh, but, you know, the number one thing was um, I, I didn't take the job to, to replicate Huntington Prep or to do anything else. Um, I, I'm from Hannon High School, and I had a coach by the name of Wayne Richardson, who's the, one of the greatest men I've ever met. Um, and I tasted what a great culture is in high school basketball and we were able to make an amazing run and that's impacted my life in every facet um so the number one thing we wanted to do was build the right culture and i can't think of a better place to do it than tays valley christian the administration has been fantastic so building the right culture has been the number one thing um and that's been our, I mean, that's really been our recruiter. You know, when we bring kids in, we're very honest with them. Hey, this is who we are. This is what we're doing. Um, if you want exposure, you can get that here, but that's not why you're coming. You're coming to be developed on the court, in the classroom, and to grow spiritually. It's who we are. And, you know, we've built that culture with great people and great players, and we're having success this year, but none of it's possible without the kids we've had in the past. None of it's possible without the kids that are in the school. So it's a really special environment. And where we're so small, not everybody gets to see it. Um, you know, I watched the Chapmanville-Logan game on, on stream, and what an awesome atmosphere. You know, being from West Virginia, that's an awesome atmosphere. But we get that some. You know, the Huntington Prep game, if no one's been to the Taze Valley Christian Huntington Prep game at Taze Valley, that's a special place to be. Um, and, you know, that, that's been the fun part of it. Um, you know, anybody that knows me knows I I hate losing. But this group <laughs> has really made me realize. Yeah, I mean, I brought all the test. Yep. But I, yep. Right now, I don't. You know, I don't really care about winning or losing. I just care about are, are we trying to get better every day? Um, and, and with that approach, amazingly, the winning and the losing is kind of taking care of itself. You know, these seniors are very very special. So you go back now for the last calendar year. We've lost three games, um, and that's not a testament to coaching. That's a testament to these players and, and their buy-in and, and how they approach every single day. Well, i got, I got to tell you, four years ago, or four seasons ago, rather, you handed me a microphone before one of the games, and, and uh, it's kind of changed my life. So I appreciate <laughs> that. Thank you, Coach Arrowood. <laughs> Thank you, Coach. Yeah, we enjoy and, having yeah, him tonight and, and, and always reports. And, and yeah. hi to your wife, Rudy Raines, who's a friend of mine and lover to death. I will do. Thank you guys so much. Appreciate you, Coach. Talk to you soon. Uh All right, Coach Ryan uh, Arrowhead, the head coach uh, of the Taze Valley Christian Prep Team. He's part of a basketball family because his wife, Rudy Arrowwood, is the daughter of Coach Reigns, who coached for years at uh, Polka. And he and he mentioned he mentioned Hannon High School. He was a part of that magnificent seven yeah. team wow. that went all the way and won the, the single A state championship. Yeah. And he mentioned Wayne Richardson. Wayne actually coached the Taze Valley varsity yeah. team last year and did a great job. And Wayne's a a phenomenal guy. Final story: one one of the the best ever uh, marriage proposals. Ryan <laughs> yeah, Ryan proposed to Rudy 
at Center Court at Madison Square Garden. Wow, yeah. that's that's cool. And uh, and her name's very popular out there as well. Oh yeah. So if you know who we're talking about, anyway, we got to take a break. Much more to come in the next segment here on Basketball Friday Night. In uh, on deck, uh, Jordan Mounts of WFGH. Marcus Constantino, not in studio. Our glue and the guy that runs everything uh, behind the scenes coming up with the power rankings. That and much more here on Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. This is High School Basketball's Voice in the Mountain State. Basketball Friday night in West Virginia. Marshall University sports journalism rager offers students the opportunity to develop skills in the exciting areas of print, public relations, or broadcasting. Our curriculum features skill-based courses and prioritizes hands-on experiences that not only expose the students' work to the public, but also to sports journalism professionals who are often willing to provide crucial feedback. Marshall Sports Journalism majors cover our 15 varsity teams in any media format, including text, online, photo, radio, or video. Hands-on real-life experiences come through Marshall Student-Powered Media, The Parthenon, WMUL Radio, MUTV, as well as communications campaigns and off-campus internships. The Marshall University School of Journalism and Mass Communications is ready and eager to help you start your sports journalism career. Learn more at marshall.edu slash SOJMC. Welcome to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Join us on Twitter at hoops underscore roundup at hoops underscore roundup. Send us your scores by text 304-249-4924. 304-249-4924. Join us at basketballnight.com. And don't forget to sign up for the Daily Hoops Roundup, part of BasketballNight.com. Every day we recap the day's scores just for you on all teams in West Virginia. We send followers an email at 8 a.m. with the Daily Hoops Roundup. And, of course, you can also go to our website and check the day's scores there. We want you to become part of our reporting crew during the week, too. Join us at Hoops underscore Roundup. Celebrating high school basketball around the Mountain State, you're listening to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia on the Fast Break Sports Network. Now, back to your hosts, Bill Cornwell, Joe Linville, and Ryan Epling. Joe Linville sitting in the hot seat tonight. Brian Sexton with us tonight. Bill Cornwell and Bo Anderson is in the house. Bo, good to have you. Hey, thank you very much. I'm glad to be here tonight. And, of course, obviously, I'm here for one reason. That's because my game got snowed out tonight. <laughs> I can't believe that. Anyway, we, we got a couple calls we need to take before we get into our conversation with Bo. Uh, joining us now from WFGH in uh, Glenn Hayes, West Virginia, had the call of the Tug Valley-Sherman game tonight. Jordan Mounts, a regular here on Basketball Friday Night. Good evening. And what happened in the, the Valley tonight? Well, guys, I tell you, it was a great game down at Tug Valley. If you're a, if you're a Panther fan, that is, uh, you know, uh, it was just uh, it, both both of these teams, Tug Valley and Sherman, are both two teams that are 
sort of rebuilding their programs a little bit right now. Um, lot, a very young team for both squads out there. Uh, in fact, actually, uh, there was not a senior that started the ball game for either team. So uh, just to, goes to tell you exactly how young these two teams are. But overall, it was a good game for Tug Valley, um, a much-needed game. Uh, they're coming off of a uh, uh, defeat, an overtime defeat there that they took at home to uh, the Tulsa Rebels, as much as that pains me to say, because that is <laughs> such a big rivalry between those two schools. But, uh, no, uh, I better, better watch what I say, considering my radio station's based out of Tulsa High School. That's exactly but, uh, right. In, you know, in the end, uh, in the end, good win for the Panthers. Uh, we queued sweet victory after that game, and it was a it was a it was a good game to watch. All right, Jordan, uh, you got a question for Bo? He's in the house and ready to go. Yeah, actually, I was just gonna uh, I was gonna hang on here until we do our, our residential referee. Uh, you don't have but, time uh, to hang on, so you go ahead and ask your question, and we'll move on. <laughs> Hey, that'll work for me, guys. I know you got calls backing up, but uh, no, actually, Bo uh, had a uh, uh, situation earlier in the year in a game. I won't mention exactly who it was, but uh, there was a uh, a situation where there was a player that uh, took a shot, um, and what appeared to be there was, um, I think, the correct terminology is basket interference. We had a kid from the opposing team jump up, grab the net, bend the rim down, hold it, and flip it up. Um, there was no call made on the play. Um, the uh, official uh, explanation to the coach at the end of the game was uh, it, the ball was not within the cylinder of the rim. Can you further explain that one to us a little bit? Well, uh, basket interference uh, is uh, on the rim, within the cylinder, above the, the rim, uh, inside the basket, and the net and the uh, ring are part of basket interference so if that ball is within the cylinder uh, or if it's on the rim or in the basket they cannot touch the rim or the net or the ball uh, nor can they pull it down and bring it up to where it strikes the ball and puts you know that in a situation where that ball goes in or out so uh, you would have basket interference in that case if those situations were to occur. A lot of people get that confused with goaltending, and goaltending is an entirely different scenario. That's outside the rim, downward flight, reasonable chance to go in. Uh, so there's two different scenarios, and basket interference would have been what the call would have been in that scenario. Hey, Jordan, what's right? Well, it, it, I'm sorry, go ahead. Go ahead, Joe. I'm sorry. No, I'll just go I'm, ahead. No, I was just going to say. Go ahead and make hey, your I, comment. I, I was going to say. I was going to say the 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 situation that I was uh, taking place. The ball had started on its trajectory down, was not in contact with the rim at the point in time in which the basket interference had occurred. Uh, and I was just I was wondering the 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 I was going to clarify that a little bit. Well, in that, in that case, grabbing the rim or pulling the ring down and stuff like that would involve uh, would involve you cannot grab the rim or pull it down. That would that would involve uh, possibly a technical foul in that scenario um, because the ball okay. was not. In those situations, then it would it would be uh, you know you can't just jump up and do that, and you cannot pull yourself up on the backboard to get a, a greater height. Uh, anything that's uh, uh, an advantage that you're not allowed to do that that situation, uh, pulling down the ring and the net and stuff would be a would be a technical foul in that case instead of uh, basket interference. Jordan, I hate to cut you okay. off. We're way behind schedule, but uh, again, thanks for calling in, and we look forward to having you back in the studio real soon. Absolutely, guys. Thanks for having me on. Go Panthers. All right. Uh, Jordan Mounts of WFGH uh, with the call of the Tug Valley-Sherman game uh, earlier this evening. 
And if we can get the the buttons to work here like they're supposed to, and they don't want to for some reason, here we go. Now it's uh, kicking in. Joining us now is uh, normally a regular uh, here in the studio, uh, Marcus Constantino. He's our air traffic controller, the glue behind the scenes, and a little bit of everything else. And he is actually on the road this evening. Marcus, welcome to Basketball Friday Night. Thank you, Joe. And it's uh, it's weird being on this side of the show. First time I ever have been. And uh, the weirdest part was uh, after Alice, when you call into the show, Alice upstairs, you know, answers the calls. And uh, uh, after she puts you on hold, uh, it's my voice that tells you, uh, uh, you know, to turn down your radio and, you know, all that stuff. So I was talking to myself uh, waiting to come on the show. You've never hey. talked to yourself before, right? Uh, of course not, Joe. Hey, Marcus, I want to ask you, how's it feel to be on hold? <laughs> <laughs> you would know, wouldn't you? Absolutely. I'm the best thinking, expert. I'm thinking the same thing, Bo. When I call in on Friday nights, I, I, I'm hearing Marcus's voice, and then I'm on hold as well, too. So I can assure you, I've been on hold longer than you have. You probably have. <laughs> probably have. Oh, Bo has the ultimate. Uh, he's got the championship. Uh, does he hold the record right now? Oh, I, yeah. oh he does. Guarantee it. Yeah. Guarantee it. Anyway, Marcus uh, has got the updated power ranking. So uh, what are we looking like uh, tonight, Marcus? Well, Joe, we've got a few change-ups this week, uh, starting in girls' AAA, the Greenbrier East Spartans uh, holding on to the number one spot. Uh, Parkersburg hanging on to number two. The Big Reds are 16 and one. Wheeling Park staying at number three at 13 and four. The Muscle and Appleman uh, remain at number four with a 10 and five record. And the Woodrow Wilson Flying Eagles stay around at number five. They're 10 and six. Moving on to girls double A, um, Wyoming East Warriors staying around at number one. They're 15 and two. North Marion also remains at number two with a 15 and four record. Fairmont Senior Polar Bears are 16-2 and two at number three. Here's a big change. The Sissonville Indians jumped up five spots into number four. The Indians are 15-2 and two on the year. And finally, the Wayne Pioneers are hanging uh, at number five at 14-3. and three. On to girls' single A. Uh, St. Joe's still far away at number one, while Parkersburg Catholic stays at number two. Magnolia is number three. Uh, the Madonna Blue Dons also jump up five spots into the number four slot, and the Pocahontas County Warriors drop down one spot into number five. Moving on to the boys' basketballnight.com power ratings. Uh, the Martinsburg Bulldogs are 17-0, perfect record at number one. University uh, remains at number two. Uh, the Morgantown Mohegans move up a spot. Uh, they're 9-6. and six. Uh, They move up to number 3, while George Washington drops one spot to number 4, and Wheeling Park stays put at number 5. In boys' double-A, the Chapmanville Tigers uh, are 14-2 and two at number 1. Fairmont Senior is 14-1 and one at number 2. Uh, the Bluefield Beavers are 12-0 and 0 at number 3. Shady Spring is 13-2. and two. That's good for number 4, while the Logan Wildcats round out the top 5 with a 15-2 and two record. Now on to the boys' single-A basketballnight.com power ratings. Uh, uh, this one's a really close race for 1, 2, and 3. Wheeling Central Catholic is 11-4 and four at number 1. 
Uh, Notre Dame is number two at 13-2. And, two, and uh, the Webster County Highlanders still undefeated uh, at 15-0. and 0. Uh, All three of these teams within, you know, nine hundredths of a point of one another. So, you know, that's uh, really an open field for anyone right now. Uh, meanwhile, the Greater Beckley Christian Crusaders uh, remain at number four, and Trinity Christian rounds out the top five. That's the BasketballNight.com power ratings. You can check them out anytime at BasketballNight.com. Back to you, Joe. All right, Marcus, uh, thank you very much. Uh, of course, you know, we talked to Coach Ritz, Rich Gaines last week uh, about this uh, lady uh, Sissonville team, and, you know, right now they're standing at 15-2. They're just, they just jumped right in there tonight in those rankings. Oh, I guess Marcus uh, dropped off on us there. He did. So, <laughs> he's bamboosed. Uh, he, he was, he's on the road tonight, so he's yeah. probably looking for a, a warm bed and, and get off yeah. the highway tonight. So, well, so Greater that. Beckley is really playing well this year in the boys' single A. We got a chance to, to uh, play them this year, and it was a, an old-fashioned butt-kicking from mm-hmm. the Crusaders. Mm-hmm. To, to and, Calvary Baptist, you know, and that uh, that Webster County team, you know, they they've had a great season, and you know, they still keep hanging in there with that undefeated record. So, anyway, we, we need to take a break, and uh, we'll have more with our resident referee Bo Anderson uh, when we come back. You're listening to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia here on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. For scores online, all of them in West Virginia, visit basketballnight.com. Thanks for joining us and being part of the show. We also give congratulations out tonight to Taylor Dunford, Moncom Generals. She was selected as a standout athlete of the week. She joins R.J. Klein from the Sherman Tide, Jesse Muncie, Tulsa Rebels, and Hamilton. Nicholas County Grizzlies, Jordan Kish, Chapmanville Tigers, Madison Blankenship, Riverview Raiders, and Marley Washington's Fairvon Senior Polar Bears. What they all have in common is they were selected by Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia as the standout athlete of the week. Have someone remarkable on your team? Did your team have an athlete make an outstanding play? You can nominate your team's players to become the Basketball Friday Night Standout Athlete of the Week. Each week we consider nominees based on leadership, performance on the court, academic performance involvement in the community, and volunteer work. Every Friday night we select a Standout Athlete of the Week. Congratulations this week to Taylor Dunford for the Montcom Generals. Head over to our website, basketballnight.com, click on the Standout Athlete of the Week tab, fill out the nomination form, and we'll take it from there. We want you to nominate your team's athletes. You got a few minutes left for our poll question. Head over to our website, and the poll question is on the right-hand side of the page. Join us on Twitter at hoops underscore roundup at hoops underscore roundup. Thank you to Priscilla Pierce and May C joining us tonight on Twitter and becoming part of the Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia family. Stay up to date on your favorite teams. Check out basketballnight.com. 
Now, back to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia with Bill Cornwell, Joe Linville, and Ryan Epling. Joe Linville, Brian Sexton, Bill Cornwell, and Bo Anderson in the house. Uh, you've been here about all evening, Bo, and we've, we've had you on hold as usual. Well, you know, at least I, I don't have to uh, worry about, uh, you know, having my speaker on or anything like that. It makes it a little bit easier, and since I didn't have a game tonight, I thought it'd come up because this is the first Friday night I've had off in basketball season, and I, I don't know what to do with myself, I guess, is what I should say. <laughs> well, anyway, uh, you don't have the whistle, but one thing I do want to talk a little bit about tonight, is because I saw a game last night where there was a lot of tall basketball players that could get up there and reach. want to talk a little bit about goaltending. What is the rules for goaltending? Where, where, when do they come into effect at the location of the ball? And, and you know, and then I may ask you a couple follow-up questions to that. Sure. Uh, you know, and, and I was fortunate enough to, uh, to get used to that at an early age. Like when I was, uh, you know, when I started, um, I worked the Scott Community League. Uh, and West, that's whenever college basketball players could play in that league years ago on 16th Street in Huntington. And uh, I got to referee some guys that went on to the pros, uh, more they, West Virginia State brought three seven footers down. Uh, guys like uh, Rodney Holden, Mark Klein, all those guys played in that. Jeff Battle, uh, to name a few. And so I got used to refereeing goaltending the basket interference and seeing dunks at an early age. Uh, so I, I I had the opportunity to do that, uh, which a lot of guys don't get to see too often. Uh, so what in the goaltending, uh, the ball is outside the cylinder, downward flight reasonable chance to go in if it's that scenario then nobody on offense or defense can touch it if it's going to be an air ball or something that's under the rim we have nothing so it's got to be above the rim outside the cylinder downward flight reasonable chance to go in Bo, you you see a lot of defensive goaltending but what we don't see a lot of times is offensive goaltending where, you know, the ball, as you mentioned, is in the cylinder, and, and you've got somebody pretty aggressively crashing the boards on the offensive side, and they go up and, and an offensively goaltend. When, when you're working a game, how, how often do you see an offensive goaltending? No, not so much the goaltending as basket interference. I, I don't think that I've ever had offensive goaltending, but now basket interference I have where they are going to go ahead and try to slam it back through. Uh, it's, it's above the cylinder, uh, on the rim, or within the cylinder, and they try to uh, put it back in there whenever they should have left it alone. Uh, the offensive goaltending, I can honestly say that uh, this is my 36th year officiating high school basketball and I don't think I've ever had the offensive goaltending part of it. See that's what I meant was was basket interference. I'm showing my age and, and it's late at night. But that's what I meant was was basket interference because again, you know the defensive side of the ball, the, the guys are going up either trying to knock it off the backboard as it's on its downward flight or trying to do something to alter the shot as it's inside the cylinder or going downward off the backboard. But offensively you got, you'll see guys get aggressive and try to tip it in real quick or, or get real close to the cylinder when they're actually inside the cylinder and not realizing it. Uh, yeah, that happens. And, you know, uh, when you got players that can jump like that, uh, you know, and we have several that can do that. 
as an official, you've just got to really be focused. And, uh, you know, with a three-man crew, uh, we have different areas, different parts that we're covering. Uh, the outside officials are responsible for basket interference and goaltending. And a three-man, that would be what we call the trail in the center. The lead is not the person under the basket. Uh, so, you know, it it's just a matter of, you know, we got to be focused and not let the uh, unexpected hit us. Bo, on a, getting back to the goaltending, what about a, the trajectory of a ball coming in maybe like sideways up to the glass, but it hasn't actually started downward, even if it's a high – it, what about the goaltending there? It would be fine. Uh, you know, you see a lot of guys that jump up and pin the ball on the backboard, and that's fine. Now, once it's hit the backboard, then now we're coming down. Now we can't do it. But on the way up, or if it's not above there yet, then that's fine. Uh, you know, that's part of the game. And uh, just, uh, you know, just let them pin it on the board, and we'll have a good block, and we'll move on. Bill, you got anything for the, the boat and I? Actually, I do. Uh, Bo and I were both at the, uh, the Marshall um, – game last night uh, against UTEP, and we saw uh, one of the better officials in the country, Roger Ayers, have to deal with the situation. And we, we've talked about this. Uh, one of the, dis, I guess, disincentives for folks getting into officiating is dealing with abuse from off the court. And we saw uh, Roger deal uh, with an unruly fan who was sitting in the Jack Nicholson seats at the Cam <laughs> Henderson Center last night. Uh, and, uh, you know, uh, I thought that was uh, very forthrightly taken care of, and uh, I don't think he had any problems with the fans after that. Well, you know, if you're going to sit in the front row <laughs> on the very front seats the on Nicholson the court, yeah. you had best behave. And if you don't behave, don't, don't expect to, to be in the gym very long if you're, if you're doing something <laughs> that's a distraction. I always teach uh, our new class uh, – don't let something ruin your game. So if somebody has got you out of focus, then you need to take care of that somebody, whether it be a fan, a coach, a player, whoever it is, they need to be taken care of. And, uh, you know, uh, again, I'll mention this. Uh, I mentioned it last uh, week. Uh, the OHSAA sent out a letter telling the fans, they yeah. sent it to all the parents, that they need to behave. And, I mean, we've got a shortage on officials. We've had games this week that – I know of a situation where a game at uh, 5.30 was not covered at 3.30. Mm -hmm. And, and you know, nobody wants to do it anymore and stick with it. And so our new people, uh, I try to teach them, hey, don't let people run you off. We need you. Bo, we've, we've got a rule at Calvary, and our coach instituted it this year because of, you know, we, we went down to, to Greater Beckley, and, and our parents got a little upset with some calls and things like that. And so our coach, Coach Spencer, who we had on at the top of the, the show, said, listen, he told the boys, he said, if your parents are going to complain, it's going to cost you playing time. Mm. And he said, you know, you better get to your parents and tell them, look, uh, we, represent, we represent Calvary Baptist Academy. We represent what's on the front of our jersey. And I think a lot of parents, Bo, and especially in the high school setting, don't realize that their kids represent not only – the last name that could be on the back of their jersey in the family, but they also represent the community on the front of the jersey. Absolutely. What, what I've always told players, and it's the same way with me, uh, you're, you're a public figure. When you get out, you're in front of the public, so all the public's going to see. So if you're doing things not right, 
The public's going to see that. And then, you know, I have many scenarios where I'm walking through a store during the summer and there's that guy called that foul on me last year. Oh, my. Or, you know, it it can be good, too. I've had a lot of people that come up and and talk to me and uh, say, hey, you worked my games 20 years ago. And, uh, you know, it's always a pleasure. You know, it's it's great to be involved. Uh, But I admire coaches that take care of business. I had it earlier in the year. I called a tactical on a player. And I didn't get one step towards going to the scores table, and they already a sub there for them. Yeah. So that's my kind of coaches uh, take care of business, and then we don't have that many problems in the game. One thing that certainly you have to have in a situation like that, you have to have good uh, uh, work with your ADs and your administrators of the game and at the school because you don't always have law enforcement at uh, at a game. So those administrators, if they are responsible, are going to take care of the situation in concert with you. Absolutely, and I have to have the backing of administration. And, uh, yes, uh, especially in the lower-level games, they don't always have. Uh, the administration is the law enforcement. Yeah. And so, you know, we have to have total support from the schools. And, uh, you know, that's what's going to keep the game going because, you know, guys, whether you like it or not, if the game doesn't have officials, uh, it's going to be tough to enjoy it. Guys, we got to take a break. We'll, after the break, come back. Uh, Cause will Cause. be with us. It'll be Cause time. Yeah. And we'll have our poll question of the week. We'll have the results from last week's question and a new question for this week. More on Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia right after this here on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. If you love basketball, then there's only one place to be on Friday nights after the game. It's Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Special thanks tonight to all of our affiliates, including 1360 AM, 97.1 FM, WHJC, Mate One. Also, you can hear us on 105 KQV, WKQV Cowan, 105.5 FM, and heard in Braxton County on 106.9 FM, 103.7 Jack FM, WQWV and Fisher, The Valley's Watchdog, 1600 AM, WKKX Wheeling, 1370 AM, WVLY Moundsville, Jackson County's home for Southern Gospel, Singing News Radio, 92.5 FM, WTHM LP, Ravenswood, Ripley, Knights Radio, 91.5 FM, WRSG Middleburn, Talk Radio WRNR Martinsburg, 740 AM, 106.5 FM. Classic Hits 106, WHFI Linside, 106.7 FM. 95, The Sports Fox, WBES Charleston, 950 AM. The Voice of the Coalfields, 101.9 FM and 1290 AM, WBOW in Logan. Light Rock, 93R, WRRR St. Mary's, 93.9 FM. The Ticket, 102.3 FM, WMTD and Hinton. The Greatest Oldies of All Time, 98.5 FM and 101.5 FM, WQAZLP, Edmund, Beckley. 101.7 FM, WYAPLP, Clay. 104.5 FM, WASPLP, Huntington. 101.1 FM, WVWPLP, Wayne. 90.7 FM, WFGH, Fort Gay and Marshall University's flagship station, The Cutting Edge, 88.1 FM WMUL in Huntington.
This is High School Basketball's home for the Mountain State. Basketball Friday night in West Virginia on the Fast Break Sports Network. Now, back to your hosts, Bill Cornwell, Joe Linville, and Ryan Epling. Actually, it's Joe Linville, Brian Sexton, (laughs) Bill Cornwell, and our resident referee, Bo Anderson, in the house. Real quickly, let's go over to our score desk. And Mikey Ferguson has the results from our poll question from last week and our new poll question for the coming week. Mikey? The poll question for last week, should the number of fouls before a high school player is disqualified from a game be increased from five to six? 75% said no, 25% said yes. And this week's poll question is, should there be a fragrant foul in high school basketball, yes or no, you can cast your vote at basketball Friday night or basketballnight.com and that's a look at your basketball Friday night scores desk. Back to you, Joe. All right, Mikey Ferguson, uh, he's a junior in high school and uh-huh. an intern here on the program. So, Mikey, uh, appreciate you, you taking care of the poll question for us tonight. And, guys, what time is it? The answer is, it's cause time. Welcome to Rick Kozlowski's Jeopardy. Now it's time for Final Jeopardy, the name we call this segment here at Basketball Friday Night. Those guys upstairs never cease to amaze me. Good evening, Mr. Cause. How are you guys doing? He's got the dictionary. He's afraid we're going to ask him a question, right? (laughs) (laughs) Well, no, actually, uh, I'm I'm sitting here. I've already kind of, like, written a script. How's that? All right. Before you get get into your script, how is the weather over in the panhandle? (laughs) Well, let's just say... I hope the groundhog doesn't see its shadow tomorrow, so spring will be just around the corner. How much snow you have? Well, I shoveled probably, probably about four, four and a half inches out of my driveway today. We were supposed to get like a little dusting. <laughs> Yeah, the, the meteorologists kind of missed this one, I think, because I know up in the northern part of the state, uh, they had upward, I know, six, seven, eight inches in some areas and maybe a little more up in the Wheeling area. So, anyway, what's... Now, I thought he was playing Jeopardy with us. He should have said, what is plowable snow? Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> what is shovelable well, snow? It's, well, it's, well, around here, it's been so cold. I don't know how, how cold it has been down your way, but it's been extremely cold. And it wasn't necessarily, I mean, you could shovel it, you could plow it, but the snow was so light that you could take a broom and clean it that way. Yeah, we had some single digits uh, over in this part of the state, but uh, I know some areas had sub-zero temps. Uh, Wow, I was uh, kind of watching the Midwest for, I guess, in my sense, obvious reasons. You know, I went to college out in Wisconsin, and and I'm like looking at those temperatures thinking, oh, my God. And then, you know, you kind of think a little harder, and it's like, you know, I experienced some of that stuff when I lived out there. But I, I'll tell you what, I don't like the cold. I don't <laughs> like winter. 
I'm ready for spring, baby. Martinsburg, the uh, weather wasn't too bad <laughs> compared to all that. <laughs> so what's uh, happening no. over what's happening over in the Panhandle? Uh, are we playing any <laughs> basketball or because of all the school cancellations? No basketball. I think there was one game this week. But I'll tell you what. I am intrigued. Here, I'm into the script now. I am intrigued by this weekend. While you can't compare scores because every game is different, when you see certain teams playing other teams, you kind of get an idea of how things might shake down You know, here a month from now when we go to Charleston for the state tournament. And, and when I look at that, I, you know, I think, well, okay, Martin's right now 17-0. They're likely to advance to Charleston. So you know, how they have played against local teams here, like, say, Hedgesville or Spring Mills, uh, then you take it and say, okay, what's going on elsewhere? So when I mentioned, when I mentioned Martinsburg playing Hedgesville, they played last Friday, and Martinsburg came away with a, a victory. And then Martinsburg played Spring Mills on Wednesday, and came away with a victory. You know, you might, so I get to see a little bit of those games. Now you take Hedgesville, which is down in the Big Atlantic Classic right now. They play Greenbrier East, like defeated Greenbrier East. As University tomorrow, University and Greenbrier East are certainly possible teams that could make the state tournament. So then you start looking. It's like okay, well we know you know. How Hedgesville played against Martinsburg, and here's what Hedgesville did against Greenbrier East or University. So, okay, how does that translate? And then there's also, you know, along those same lines, Spring Mills right now is down in the state capitol. Played Capital tonight, and a high scoring, you know, fairly close game. So that gives me some kind of you know, idea of you know what kind of game that was. You know, meanwhile, when I watched Martinsburg play Spring Mills the other day, Martinsburg, which I've said in the past, very good defense. Uh, you know, kind of you know kept Spring Mills in check and was able to score some you know points. Now, tomorrow Spring Mills plays George Washington, defending state champion, the team that beat Martinsburg last year. Well, let's see. You know what kind of score might be from that game, and then you know you, you try to kind of like translate. But like I said, every game is different, so it's it's hard to compare scores. And Spring Mills uh, played tonight. George George Washington played tonight and uh, beat Parkersburg South. So uh, two games and two nights there. But uh, I, I love the way that Spring Mills has really kind of tested themselves around the state. Bid that they're playing the two games in the Kanawha Valley, and of course they had Hurricane. Up there about three weeks ago, so uh, they're they're certainly one of these teams taking on all comers. Well, I think Spring Mills is trying to advance this program. I mean, school's only been around for a handful of years. Uh, you know, you you have to start somewhere, and you know, they're trying to trying to get things going. A cause. Hey, what? Meet Rick Sexton. Or, I'm sorry, Brian Sexton Brian and meet Rick Keselowski. He, you guys have never met, so uh, he's got a question for you. 
Hey, Kaz, you, you mentioned the 17-0 Martinsburg team and, and the schools around it. Um, as, as Martinsburg heads on a collision course to, to get to Charleston, um, in the back of their mind, what is the one thing that might possibly keep Martinsburg from getting there? I mean, they're having a great season so far, but what would be the one thing that might stand in their way of a trip to the Charleston Civic Center in March? I don't think anything. I mean, to be honest, uh, I don't. Even, I, I I really don't think that that team could get so big headed that they flop in the game. Uh, it's it's it's. Uh, you know, I think there, there, there's enough balance in that team and enough experience from kids who played football on three straight state champions to realize what it takes and you know to not let down let's say the wrong time of the season looks like uh, martinsburg's going to have uh some road games uh, of course they got uh, morgantown tomorrow night uh, there and but next week they go they travel uh to musselman and to preston and then uh finish up the season with a road game at Jefferson and then uh, finish out their final game on the 15th against South Hagerstown, Maryland? <laughs> uh, they, they played South Hagerstown at South Hagerstown already this season and yeah. won by like 50 points. 51. 50 some points. Okay, <laughs> so... Uh, yeah, I don't know that... Uh, you know, the, you know, you mentioned road trips. I don't know that those are shouldn't be much of a factor. Yeah, I was I mean, going to say, talk about going, going, going to Preston County. Well, that's not quite as far as going to Morgan County. Martinsburg went up there on a midweek game, watched well, Monday, but a weekday game is what I meant to say. And you know, had their way, you know, with the Mohegans and in a game that a lot of people said might be. Martinsburg's toughest game. Of course, the closest game we've had all season was four points, and that was against Calhoun from Alabama. Well, I think, uh, you know, all things considered, probably all of us might like to be in Alabama right now. <laughs> might be a little warmer. Yeah, they played that game in Hilton Head. Yeah, so that's right. They were on the road that, for that one. That, hey. was, that, that was, but I, I was just going to say, they they have they have won by large margins all season to to get to their seventeen and a record cousin and and again is there any thought or any chance of hey what what will these kids how will they react if they get into another close game like that you mentioned just a moment ago you don't see anything that that hinders them from getting to Charleston but might they encounter a close game along the way how do you think Martinsburg would react in that situation that. Is a very good question. I have seen a couple teams at the state tournament in the past. Fairmont came in one season undefeated, had not really run into any problems at all during the regular season, lots of flopsided wins, and got into a close game in the state semifinal. And they didn't know how to respond to it, and they lost. First loss of the season. So uh, many years later, 
I saw Washington, which came into the came into the state tournament with an undefeated record, run into Huntington, and Washington hadn't had any difficulty all season long, and things weren't going well against Huntington, and they didn't respond very well. Huntington won the game, so yeah, it is certainly possible. Uh, you know, I think sometimes close games can help teams. And I think uh, Dave Rogers talked about that last after last week's game, close game with Hedgesville. He said, I think this, this is going to help us. We know what we need to do you know, when things get a little bit uh, get a little bit tight. And that, was, that, was, that was a close game. Cause uh, we're out of time, man. Uh, if you break that snow always, shovel, right? if you break that snow shovel, let us know. We'll, we'll pass the hat and Send you a new shovel. <laughs> Why don't you guys just come up and shovel for me? Uh, we're doing good. Uh, we'll, we'll be up <laughs> next summer. How's that? Uh, okay. All right. Rick, Rick Kozolowski the, with the Martinsburg <laughs> Journal. Always great to talk to you. We'll talk to you again next Friday night. It's an extended. Hey all right, had some extended time with Cause tonight. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, anyway, real quick, uh, we got a minute, just a yes or no. Do you think uh, we should cancel basketball when there's no school? No, let him play, Bill. Uh, I think it's a case by case basis. If you need to get games in, if it's all possible, get them in. Don't get them backed up, Bo. I hate when games cancel. I've been sitting at the house for three days, and uh, you know, I, I, if they can be played and, and it's safe, I say we got to play. Of course, game. if you go to a Christian school or a private school, you don't have to worry about that. Well, that's <laughs> play them anyway. That's that's true. But I think if you can get the game in, because a lot of times they'll cancel school. The weather's bad in the morning by noon. You know, it's uh, forty degrees and the sun's shining. The roads are all cleared. So judgment calls. It, it is, and and I think sometimes uh, some of these counties uh, take it to the max. And like I said, this time of the year it backs your games up and causes hectic to the athletic directors and the coaches trying to get these uh, games in bo good to have you in the house tonight hey uh, i've enjoyed it again as always and i will be calling you next week bill good to see you again brian it was great having you we look forward to having you again you bet again real soon blast thanks guys all right that's pretty much going to wrap up our show tonight for everybody in the back for the whole crew here on basketball friday night we'll see you next friday night here on the fast break sports network good night everyone Thank you for listening to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Tune in next Friday for the latest high school basketball action from across the Mountain State. Visit BasketballNight.com for our show archives, the poll question of the week, and the BasketballNight.com scoreboard. Until next time, have a great weekend, and thank you for listening to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. The preceding broadcast was a presentation of the Fast Break Sports Network. Copyright 2019. All rights reserved.